does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. The final home game of the season for the Indiana Pacers, and we will round out the week. Chat about that and what is about as good of a round one leaderboard as you're going to see at Augusta National. Kevin Bowen, Jay Quarry, and Mark Dykton on what looks to be a nice stretch of weather. Upcoming here in the city of Indianapolis, we cannot stay the, say the same about Augusta National. It looks pretty dicey down there later today and into tomorrow. We have not had a Monday finish at the Masters since 1983, but um, if we get a lot of rain, that could be something to look into. Uh, Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Kevin, have you seen the movie Blow? It's been 20 years or so since it was out. Um, Sure. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of who. Johnny Depp was in it, right? Johnny Depp, Penelope Cruz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty good movie, right? Yep. Yeah, probably a handful of years ago. Uh, Do you remember... Uh, Pee Wee Herman's in it too, by the way. But when they, <laughs> excuse me, what's his laugh? Can you try that again? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great effort, Mark. Thank that you. Is, is, have you done that before? I would be lying. Have you been if a Pee Wee no. Herman impersonator for quite some time? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a scene in the movie where I hate to say it this way, but they're checking the purity of some drugs, and the one guy says, you know, he, he like kind of reacts for a second and goes, "I, I, I, I can't feel my face." Remember that scene? Yeah. I got the second shingles vaccination yesterday. Uh-huh. And I, I, I can't believe that I'm about to give this disclaimer, considering it's, I think, been around for like 75 years. But um, I, I respect and understand and appreciate that some people decide to do their own research on vaccines and that kind of thing. I get it. It's a hell of a way to start a Friday. I, I did my own research and figured out that I would follow the guise of the one person who has actually seen the inside of my heart. Thought, okay, I'll go ahead and get this. The second shot, they say, has some side effects. I, guys, I can't feel my face. Oh, really? Like, I oh. came walking in this morning, and I'm like, I, I think I'm a zombie. I feel like there's a song that the lyrics are like, I can't feel my face when I'm with mm-hmm. you. That might be a rejoiner. <laughs> yeah, you know, that might be a good way I to I mean, it's uh, a good-looking start to the morning. Drug-related. I slept under like 19 blankets last night. Mm-hmm. I got quality sleep and then woke up and felt like I could sleep for 10 more hours. And my whole body kind of aches, but they say that that's supposed to be done in about 12 hours here. If I see you licking the wall later, I'll know you're really... Yeah. You're Any really weekend? Is this going to linger, you think? Any no, weekend plans well, told that could me be impacted? Here's the thing. They told me it would be 24 hours, uh, a 24-hour deal. So I originally scheduled it for Tuesday because I had a fairly open Wednesday. I had a lot going on yesterday. And I went in on Tuesday, and you have to have two months between shots. So... They said, oh, wait a minute, you are a day away from your two-month mark, so you can't actually take it yet. So I had to wait until Thursday. I waited until Thursday just because today, other than the show, which is fairly big, I realize, I've got nothing going on the rest of the day. So I'm hoping and anticipating by this evening it kind of wears off because I got it at like noon yesterday. But we'll see, man. I'm telling you, like, I was like, whoa. Jake just dressing up as the Easter Bunny this this weekend, just <laughs> I, running into things. I felt like the Easter Bunny yesterday, man, just like hopping around and hallucinating that like a bunny was laying chocolate eggs in the yard and all kinds of crazy stuff. Anyway. Uh, again, a great leaderboard down at Augusta National. If you want to nitpick, sure, you'd love to see Tiger. Sure, you'd love to see Rory. But, you know, usually 
Jake, there's like the fluke name always in the leaderboard. Charlie Hoffman has shot 66 to start the Masters, and he's going to shoot 78 today. Boy, uh, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, and Brooks Kepka saying, all right, everybody from Liv's going to shoot a million. Uh, I'm going to make sure to do my part in putting us up there. Uh, the only Liv player in the top 15. I thought just a really, really entertaining day one from the Masters. Mark, you could probably re- – Jake, you, you haven't – did you watch the full swing, the uh, Netflix series on the PGA Tour? I've not. Mark, you can probably relate to this then a little bit better. You watched it, mm-hmm. and you watched the Brooks Kepka episode. Yep. Um, pretty candid, pretty honest of – he was in some dark moments here in the past year or He's so. He's pretty likable, right? Or is he not? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I, I think people respect – the fact that in majors and that like that 2018 to 2020 span, you know, not to get down a rabbit hole with this term, but you know, he, he's a bit of an alpha um, and, and had a run there that you don't see in major championships, but then hit a really dark place. And I honestly thought the full swing episode, Mark, probably made people appreciate him mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah, I think that was one of the more candid episodes where you got like, wow, he's really going through some things. Yeah. With this game, do you know the number one telltale himself? sign that someone's an alpha? They tell you? No, they're the only person that doesn't. That's the number one telltale sign that you're truly an alpha. Oh, uh, Brooks Kepka seven under sixty five yesterday. So three guys tied at the top. The defending champion Scotty Scheffler with a sixty eight and missed seven birdie putts inside of 15 feet. So that probably lends you to think Scotty Scheffler is going to be in the haunt. Victor Hovland wore one of the worst shirts you'll ever see at the Masters and shot the lowest round of any player ever paired with Tiger Woods at the Masters. 65 for Victor Hovland. Uh, it's a great, great leaderboard. Great leaderboard. Now, I believe at the end of the show yesterday, and this was back when I still had my faculties, I believe, I think it was at the very end, you were talking about Tiger, and I said, he'll go two over. You were asking about, like, over, under of him, and I said, he'll go two over. Now, did he go two over? 74 for Tiger yesterday. I mean, truth be told, you probably have, like, a one in seven chance of getting the exact score right, right? I mean, it's going to yeah. be in a pretty decent window there. I didn't hit it close. Short game issues. Um, and now he is on the bad end of the draw. If you look at the forecast today at Augusta National, the guys seen off in the morning are going to have some pretty calm conditions. The guys seen off closer to the afternoon, it could get dicey from a wind. Temperatures going down and, and some rain in the forecast later today and especially into tomorrow. So uh, Mother Nature rearing her ugly head. couple cool now, stories on the leaderboard. Sam Bennett, the fifth-year senior at Texas A&M, um, sadly, kind of a tragic story surrounding the death of his dad a few years ago. He shoots 68, one of the lowest rounds ever for an amateur. And 63-year-old Fred Couples breaks par in round one. The sweet swinging Couples shoots 71. Um, I'd like to read you a text that I got from my friend Don at 6.02 this morning. So Don was chomping at the bit, right? Maybe he got the vax also. Uh, let's hear your partner... And his excuse for Tiger today <laughs> needs to move on. Uh, it is all heart with Tiger at this point. It's not a lot of head in my oh boy. belief okay. in him. Gosh, you guys went there. 
Went from swinging couples to that. I mean, I don't know what's going Vaccine on Vaccine is definitely getting it's, to, to uh, Jake <laughs> early in this morning. Uh, I mean, there were no financial bets from yours truly on Tiger. I think I said it yesterday. My two wins this week, Victor Hovland and Jason Day. So after day one, yours truly Now my man Cam Young is up there in the running, right? He's very, very happy. Yeah, Cam Young, he is... Um, He's definitely up there. Cam Young, the Major League Baseball sponsor. Rob Manfred, um, a member at his dad's country club in New York City, just outside New York. Now, there was somebody else. Who was the one that I had picked, and then I backed away, but he's he's doing well, so I'm going to pick him again. Uh, who'd you have? You had Hideki. Uh, one of your guys withdrew, right? You had Zal Torres? Nah, no. I, that, was a, that was a joke. I knew he was going to withdraw. Uh, Sam Burns. Didn't I have Sam Burns? But that was it. You backed yeah. off of Burns, threw in Zalatoris. Yeah, no. Now, why did Zalatoris back out? A, did the game Zaltair tell him to do something? He's had a back so? issue for, for quite some That's time. That's why I liked him. I can relate. So, Sam Burns, four under. But man, seven under. I mean, that's a that's a legit first day for sure. Yeah, it's the most gettable day. I think when you look at the weather, you look at the conditions um, and how things are going to transpire from here. It could be a bit unprecedented from a weather standpoint. Uh, but, again, just a tremendous leaderboard. Tremendous leaderboard. Uh, 17 straight years. The winner has started round one inside of the top ten. So look at your leaderboard. Look at those top ten names. Those are some pretty good names on that leaderboard. Uh, pretty good shot that your winner's going to come from there. So this fellow, Sandy Lyle, he was nine over, right? Mark, it's because he didn't wear the... That's- he wasn't wearing suspenders. He, he kept pulling his pants up. Suspenders. Yeah. It was obvious. I mean, as soon as we saw him on the range, you knew he wasn't breaking 80. This is, a, this is a mistake, Sandy. This is a rookie mistake. You're better than that. Yeah, you knew he was not going to break 80. How about John Rahm? He has four putts in the first hole, double bogey, and comes back and shoots seven under. So, Sandy Lyle, I'm going to state the obvious for the small percentage of people that may not know this, but you tell me if I'm wrong, Kevin. Sandy Lyle is permitted to run the master or to, to play in the Masters every year because he won it in '88, right? Correct. Yep. So, like, could Nicholas continue to play it if he wanted sure. to? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, Tommy Aaron at ninety, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sandy Lyle, Thanks, Larry buddy. Mize is up there. Ian Woosnam, I think, just called it quits a couple years ago. I mean, Tom Watson played for a long, long time and you know, pretty good player. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the. Unique I mean, aspects. You to gotta the love it, right? I mean, for the fact that the guy, sure, go out there and play it, right? Well, what you love about it is again, look at the people under par. You've got all the big names um, that you would like to see, but you also have an amateur in Sam Bennett and a 63 year old in Fred Couples. Right. You got a tea time. You got a tea time. Amen to that. that age. I'm not going to pass up chances to play yeah. Augusta National. I'll be back in a couple days, honey. Just going to play the first two rounds. Yeah, probably won't be there for the weekend. No. Can you play Augusta National on, like, um, Golden Tee? Um, I'm not sure if there is a video game associated with it. it might be. Yeah, the, the new PGA. I mean, you can play it, but the new PGA video game. You I can, can do see it. Augusta being, like, super restrictive uh, on, yeah, totally agree. on the right. That's the big totally agree. point of this year's edition is you can play Augusta. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, final Pacers home game of the year tonight. It will be Jaden Ivey and the Pistons. Our coverage will begin at 6.30. You know, kind of forget the Pacers had that you know, dread of a, let's spend three nights in Detroit earlier this year where they played the Pistons twice in three nights. Ivy was out due to COVID for those games. So uh, him against the Pacers has only happened once this year. Uh, Benedict Matherin certainly got the best of them in that first matchup. 
but that'll be, I think, a fun little way to close out the home schedule tonight. CJ Nivey inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Yeah, and they didn't they start the year? Did they start the year with Detroit, or it was very early, right? Yeah, very early, uh huh. Um, seems like they play Detroit like every other week, which is actually how they've gotten. I don't know if you know this or not. What are they at? Thirty six wins. Uh, I think it's thirty four and forty six. Okay, yeah, thirty one of those against the Pistons. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, they put all that effort into winning the thirty games for Kevin. They've kind of cashed in at this point. <laughs> yeah, they have smart. kind of. You're right. Very smart. But I keep going back to Kevin, and I know that we're probably broken record on this, but I just think more than other years, the NBA playoffs is just wide open, right? I, I've never seen it like this. I mean, especially out west. I mean, in the east, I think you could probably three pare teams, it down right? to three. And I think some would make the argument how like, the Sixers have got to kind of prove it in the postseason for you to really, really believe in them. Uh, but the west is just wild. I mean, it still is. When you look at the standings entering the final weekend here of the regular season, you have the Clippers as the five. They're tied with Golden State right now. A game back of them are the Lakers and the Pelicans, both currently in the play-in. So that's the big deal between, boom, Clippers and Warriors at 5-6 versus Lakers and Pelicans at 7-8. A game behind them, the Timberwolves at 9 a game and a half behind them, the Thunder with the final play-in spot, the Oklahoma City Thunder right now, a half game up on Dallas. So with three games to go total in the season, Dallas has two games, the Thunder have won, Dallas has got to win both, the Thunder have to lose for Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic to make the playoffs, and Shea Gildress-Alexander and Josh Giddy to not. That's, that's a pretty wild storyline. The, I mean, when you look at, did you see the guy that Kevin kind of trumped your your bet on? I saw I was tagged in something. He what do he do? Uh, something the Kings? Was a guy King? in Sacramento. I, I mean, I presume in Sacramento, but somebody who follows the Kings bet twenty five dollars that Sacramento would not only make the playoffs but win their division. Which is kind of funny because who even like pays attention to who wins the divisions in the NBA? No chance I can name who's in which division. Correct, <laughs> correct. Uh, dude bet twenty five dollars, uh, cashed in at ten grand. That was the bet for them to win the division. Who I mean, who is and there is Golden State? I'm going to guess. Division? Mark, what do we do on this program? We educate and entertain. Right? Can you please pull up the ES, the uh, on ESPN the NBA standings? And what you're going to see here is you're going to you're going to be amazed. That be the Pacific. And kids love this. I'm going to read off the teams in the Pacific Division that I believe to be the correct order. It's Are you be ready? Portland, Golden okay. State. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. Uh, I will go with the LA Lakers. I'll, I'll ding the bell. If you're okay. Ready. The Sacramento Kings. Golden State Warriors, Phoenix Suns, how many am I missing? One. Got to be Portland, Did I right? say Portland Trailblazers? Mm. Yeah. Huh. Uh, they're in like the mountain or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, did I say Clippers? That's the one you're missing. Yeah. So it's California and Phoenix. Yep. Pretty much. But then you get that random like in the east. Isn't it like... There's somebody that's randomly like in the southeast, and you're like, what? Like, what division is Toronto in? Well, it's like the NFL. Why are the Colts in the AFC South? Yeah. Toronto's in the Atlantic division. The southeast is weird. It's it's Miami, Atlanta, Washington, Orlando, Charlotte. That's not terrible. I mean, that makes sense when you look at a map. But shouldn't D.C. be in the Atlantic division? I mean, 
Anyway, for what it's worth. Does anybody hang banners in the NBA? Division winner, no. 2022. I, I think the Pacers have, haven't they? No, I guess they haven't on the one side. Colts are certainly known to hang a banner, too. Yeah, no, they would if they were in the uh, I did that radio show yesterday, Kevin, oh, yeah, and I think that, that people misunderstood what... It was kind of weird. I did a radio show in Scranton, Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Cool guy, cool part of the two country. days in a row. No, I did it. I did it yesterday. They had called to ask me to do it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So the way they did it was they they've had on they had before me they had a guy from from Phoenix to talk about the Cardinals. Before that, they had a guy on from Houston to talk about the Texans. And each radio person drafted said who their team was going to draft. Now, I – so the way that they had it was they had Bryce Young, the guy representing – you know, from Charlotte Radio had Bryce Young going one. The guy doing Houston Radio had Stroud going two. Now, would you like to guess who they had going to Arizona at three? Uh, was it Will Anderson? Correct. So that left – so they call me, and they're like, okay, Indianapolis is up, and there are two quarterbacks. And I said, and I know that there are a million ways you could look at this, Kevin, and I think it's one area where you and I disagree a little bit. But I said, look, I know that Chris Ballard loves physicality and probably as a result of that is completely salivated by Anthony Richardson. But I also think that Chris Ballard is not a dumb guy and has seen Jim Mersey back off just a little bit from the impermeable praise of Chris Ballard that maybe Ballard is under a little bit of a microscope in Jim Irsay's eyes. So therefore, if there are two quarterbacks, I think Chris Ballard is smart enough to go with the one that he believes his owner would prefer. So in that scenario, given those two choices, I believe the Colts will take Will Levis of Kentucky. Should we factor in Shane Steichen having more decision? Probably. Which, you know... Yeah, but in the end, I, I think they all know. I mean, you're a new guy. You're a new job. But, e- most, but either he's way. the most important one working with that guy, though. Either way, but they're like, oh, man. So they're like, send out a thing. Like, they they kind of made it sound like I was going with the, that. I guess the other guys were doing like who they want their team to take. And I'm like, I'm not saying that's who I want them to take. I'm telling you in that situation, that's who I think it would be. I don't care one iota who they take. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not running the franchise. My job is to opine on what they do and then allow the chips to fall and try to analyze it. That's it. Like, it's not – I don't have pom-poms. But – so they – I, like, got killed for it. People are like, what a moron that would that he would draft Will Levis. And I'm like, okay. But in Pennsylvania, I get it because he's a transfer from Penn State, right? Yeah, but he's still. not too beloved in that part of the country. Correct. He's not too beloved. I don't know that he's disliked anywhere, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yesterday Albert Breer um, reported that the contingent in Lexington for Will Levis's private workout included Chris Ballard, Shane Steichen, offense coordinator Jim Bob Cooter, quarterbacks coach Cam Turner, assistant GM Ed Dodds, and longtime scout Matt Turpening for the Colts. So um, quite a big group that I, I would assume if that's the group that's gone to Lexington, that that's the group that's been all over the country this week in meeting with these quarterbacks. You know, I, I've certainly got the impression that internally there was some like for Will Levis, but again, that was a lot of pre-Shane Steichen. And in my opinion, Shane Steichen needs to have a really big voice in this decision. So I am curious if Steichen would also 
fall in line with that. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Matt Ryan and his wife. They welcome their third child into the world. Cal Ryan. Uh, so three boys. Matt Ryan, player, broadcast next year. Broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I think that CBS Sports gig he did in the playoffs, that was a... And that hint. was in the booth, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of studio? Yeah. I'm a little confused still why Nick Foles is on the roster. <laughs> I've wondered that too. He's still living here, I guess, right? There's a lot it, of former quarterbacks that are still living here, apparently. Nick Foles, how many, okay, how many former Colts quarterbacks live in the Indianapolis area? Wentz I, is huh? still here, right? Wentz? Wentz is here. Foles is here. Luck. Luck is part time here. Sorgi. George. Who are we missing? Trudeau. Trudeau's in Arizona now, but he was, yeah. For a long time, Curtis Painter. I was gonna Ooh, say Painter. Yeah, good, good. Is Ke- where's Kelly Holcomb? You'd think Matt Ryan and Nick Foles. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously Carson Wentz didn't go down this path, but you'd think that Matt Ryan certainly would have more ties in Atlanta in that area and wanting to get back there. Um, Nick Foles, I guess, has never really had a super permanent home in the NFL. But where's he? I mean, didn't he go to Arizona? He did go to Arizona. He started somewhere else, didn't he? Was he a transfer? I think. Speaking of transfers. Matt Ryan, a native of Philly, obviously. How about the um, Andrew Nemhart's brother, Ryan Nemhart, yeah. in the transfer portal? If I'm Purdue, I am all over that. And there is rumor that Arizona would be where he's going to go because the coach at Arizona recruited his brother, Andrew, to, to Gonzaga. Yeah. Tommy Lloyd. He was there, yeah. Now, Tommy Lloyd, is that the name of the fellow that sells the brake parts in Tommy Boy? What's his last name? Do we know? Boy, I, I, last name doesn't... See, ring let, a bell there. Let me tell you guys something. And this is what I think, truly, I, I hope when you drive home you think to yourself, it, what I'm witnessing is like the Jordan flu game. Like, I come in here and, and literally, I, I'm knocking on death's door. I mean, I fist bumped the Grim Reaper on the way into work this morning. He was hanging out on Capitol, and I just gave him a wave. I, I got that shingles vaccine, and I'm walking around in just a complete fog and haze, and yet I come in here and just, you wouldn't even know it, right? It's just like as fluid as the water just rolling down Williams Creek. Do you guys not think to yourself, no, that's impressive, isn't it? If I'm Matt Painter, I am trying to make some sort of Andrew Nemhard, Ryan <laughs> Nemhard pitch to get him to West Lafayette. Okay. All right. I don't know if that would be possible. If Hey, an hour away from watching your brother play in the are NBA you saying, on occasion. Are you saying to Ryan Nimhart, at Purdue, we're just tough. We play hard. We're tough. We're like that guy on radio that gets that vax and is working in a fog and just comes in and is flawless. We're probably going to have to have a lot of context around the vax talk today. <laughs> They're already coming up from the fourth floor, <laughs> right? Uh, if you look like at the shingles vaccine, folks, shingles vaccine. If you look at the uh, tank standings heading into the final weekend of the season last night, um, the Pacers had, I think it was Orlando, uh, they lost. So right now, uh, if you look at the order, you have the Pacers, the Magic, and the Jazz all tied 6-7-8. and eight. Portland is a game up oh. on them. Mark Herman. How could we forget Mark Herman? Mark Herman, there you go. I mean, there's got to be more. Uh, unfortunately, Blair Keel is no longer with us. Tommy Callahan was Tommy. But I should have known that. Is Brock Heward around here? Ooh, that's not bad. So my understanding is um, Matt Ryan. Good games for ESPN. Matt Ryan's maybe? house, by the way, there was all kinds of cult stuff in it. Like he moved. Oh. 
I thought you meant like he stole stuff. No, <laughs> I was, I was, I was confused. There's just a like blue here. costume in here. What's going on? Like the stuff that you saw, like when they did like the press conference and the kids are all wearing Colt stuff and whatever mm-hmm. else. It was all just like, yeah, mm-hmm. new folks can have that. Oh, they left it to oh, the next. So year. Matt Ryan no longer lives here. Comes with the Correct. purchase of the house. So Matt Ryan is back in the Atlanta area. I would assume Atlanta. Yeah. If you could live, I, I don't know if he'd be very good, honestly, in studio. To be honest, yeah, I don't yeah, think he's he'd kind be of, very good. I think he's a very likable and oh, nice super guy, super nice, likable guy. But he's but not he, an overly gregarious personality. Right? You need to be a little bit more. I'm going to walk out on the ledge. I don't get that vibe from him. But again, maybe it's just super professional in a press conference setting. Uh, it looks like a really nice Tuesday here. Or, Tuesday, Jesus, it feels like man. a Tuesday. Uh, well, really nice Friday. Which of the two is in the fall? Which of the right two now? of us is wacky on the junk here? I mean, come on, right? It, it is a beautiful <laughs> end of the week here in Indianapolis. Next week looks absolutely outstanding. Are we done? You think with like a thirty-eight degree morning? Uh, let's knock on wood, brother. I don't want to bring out the winter coat anymore is it, so it 900 so. degrees in here or is it me next week these are the temps 69 74 76 78 and 80 it's your body fighting the i look like i feel like brendan frazier in the whale yeah you yeah. start sweating yeah you know like I mean? tiger yesterday on the on the golf course <laughs> I, you know i saw the texas a&m kid sam bennett shoot 68 yesterday i was really hoping buzz williams was going to be his caddy <laughs> You imagine how much Buzz would have been sweating out of the Masters. And what could happen if he got tired seven holes in? What could he have done? He could have taken a nap on Buzz's <laughs> tummy. Okay. You ever yeah, wonder what those make room, make room for Kevin Bowen though? You ever wonder how warm those you know caddy outfits are on a day like yesterday? Yeah, it would not be good. I think some of them go uh, a, a tad uh, risky underneath I, the old caddy. I suit. told you, like I asked when I was covering the Cardinals once. I asked Jim Edmonds. I said, be honest, man. In the middle of July in St. Louis, when it's 90 degrees with 70% humidity and you're out there in center field in the middle of a doubleheader, what's going through your mind? And he's like, dude, it is the biggest challenge to stay awake. He's like, I'm just sitting out there just – he's like, when you see like center fielders that are like swinging their arms or whatever, he's like, you're, you're doing whatever you can to just be alert. Every yeah. every eight-year-old right fielder can empathize yeah. with Jim Edmonds. Yeah, just picking grass out here. Totally. David, pay attention. Totally. Mm-hmm. Can we yeah, get a Pee Wee Herman again dip. from you? <laughs> you just said the magic word. That's impressive. That did you watch a lot of him, Mark? Huh? Yeah, you, of course. Did you go to the Alamo? No. Well, he went to the Alamo. I didn't know I passed it by. Like, Where's the did Alamo? Did you ever go to the said, private club around. of the Satan's Helpers? Huh? Did you ever go to the private club of the Satan's Helpers? No. It's off limits. You know, I feel like who could do a nice Pee Wee uh, Herman is Greg Rakestraw. You think? We can ask him. He joins us eight at o'clock. 8. Uh, Sean Kelly, is that correct, Mark? Yep, voice of the uh, Florida Gators. Can 8.30. Get some Anthony Richardson. Sean Kelly. So earlier in the week, we had Dick Gabriel on with the Kentucky Radio Network to talk about Will Levis. Sean Kelly going to join us coming up at 8.30 to chat a little bit about Anthony Richardson. I think something to hit on today in regards to Colts quarterback, the debate Richardson-Levis I think so much of it can boil down to what traits do they lack and is that trait teachable? What do they lack? Is it teachable? If you feel like it is, you're obviously going to feel pretty confident making that person the pick. Um, We'll get into that a little bit later. Again, it's a loopy Jake query here on a Friday. Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton, and Jake here. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. There were five games last night in the National Basketball Association. Mark Dykton, would you like to guess who was the leading scorer amongst Oklahoma City, Utah, Denver, Phoenix, Portland, San Antonio, Miami, Philadelphia, Orlando, and Cleveland? I will say Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, probably not a bad guess. He had 29 points last night. Would you like to wager a guess there? Uh, Shaden Sharp. Uh, Shaden Sharp, also a good guess, but I think he was out, and I didn't mention... Oh, no, I did mention Portland. Uh, it appears as though the winner is, in fact, Mark Dykton. hey 29 points for Kevin Durant last night. 25 for Chris Paul. Suns over the Nuggets, 119-115. Games tonight, the Pistons and the Pacers. 7 o'clock tip, things getting underway with... Mark and Pat and the boys at 6.30 right here on this radio station. Pistons coming in with an 11-game losing streak. The Pacers coming in with a two-game losing streak. Both will bring pillows for the pillow fight. Right. Pistons won like once in the last two months or something. They've won like 16 games total on uh, the year. Apparently, uh, no, Kevin Durant was not the high man yesterday. Bruce Brown. Oh, sorry, Nuggets Bruce Brown had 31. 31. Sorry, darn it. I meant to pick him up on my fantasy team. So Webb and Yama to the Pistons? It certainly appears that way, but they got to get those ping pong balls to fall their way. Now we something to watch for the Pacers. Again, you want Washington, you want Portland, you want Orlando to win and the Pacers to lose at the Knicks. That will conclude the 82-game schedule for the Pacers coming up Sunday at Madison Square Garden. Uh, kind of a quiet day, Mother Nature impacting things in Major League Baseball. Are the Rays still the only undefeated? Well, let's see. They did not play yesterday, right? a local standpoint, or I guess a Midwest standpoint, Tigers and White Sox both lost yesterday. Yeah, they're the only undefeated remaining in baseball. 6-0? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's too many teams. The Braves with... are 6-1. The Brewers are 5-1. I think that's it, right? From a one-loss are... standpoint? What's yeah. cute, fella? The Orioles are 3-3. Three and three. Okay. Diamondbacks? Diamondbacks are 3-4. and four. Okay. And the Athletics? The Athletics are... Th- Two and four. Well, well. Yeah, the, the Diamondbacks. Tall have boys. A, Diamondbacks have a tough weekend against the uh, Dodgers, so not ideal. Uh, Indians, by the way, Indianapolis Indians sweeping Louisville and the Bats. Not sure how Buddy's buddy reacted to that. Five three and one nothing yesterday down. First wins of the season, game. right? Yep. Good for them, right? Uh, looking ahead today, they're actually already teeing off down at Augusta National uh, with Mother Nature looking a bit ugly this afternoon. They've bumped up tee times by a half hour. You won't really see any big, big names tee off here in the first hour or so. Um, I guess Brooks Kepka would be the earliest one, though. Um, he is off in the 8 o'clock hour. Jason Day, who shot 5 under yesterday, coming up at 9 o'clock. Um, but John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Cameron Young, all of them later, and that's when the weather is supposed to be a bit uglier. Tiger Woods, a pretty poor first round for him. Uh, he shoots two over. That is probably a shot outside the cut line right now, so we'll see if Tiger can continue. Uh, 22 straight made cuts as a professional. He's never missed a cut as a professional. I guess he had National. one shot where he, and, and this is kind of, this has happened, Kevin, and maybe you wouldn't notice it under normal circumstances, but there was one shot that he had yesterday where he had to kind of you know, juxtapose his body a little bit and lean heavily on one of the legs that is still giving him, you know, that is not back to 100%. And, you know, those little circumstances are the things that he is still obviously, he knows how to golf, but the body's got to be, you know what I mean, in line with what you want to do. And his has kind of 
failed him at this point, right? Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty accurate way to put it. Uh, probably the most disappointing round yesterday, considering all of the big names really played well, would be Rory McIlroy. Um, he is sitting there at is it one over par for, for Rory on day one, um, or he get back to even. Um, he got back to even par. So we'll see if Rory can uh, make up again. Weather-wise, tomorrow, uh, really dicey at Augusta. We have not had a Monday finish at the Masters since 1983. So we'll see if things get postponed at all coming up this weekend. All right, uh, voice of the Florida Gators, that would be Sean Kelly. He's going to join us at 8.30, talk more about Anthony Richardson. Uh, the Colts reportedly in Lexington yesterday with a big contingent to work out Will Levis and their offseason program. The Colts will begin on Monday. That is Shane Steichen welcoming in um, the 2023 roster for now to the building for some offseason work. So we'll chat about that throughout the show as well. Kevin Bowen, Jake Quarry, Mark Dykton on what looks to be a really nice Friday. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Here in Indianapolis. All right, good Friday morning to you. Been a great looking day outside and I don't recall Easter weather being as promising as it's looking in a while. High of 66 on Sunday? Do you wear a seersucker suit on Bunny's going to be just hopping. Uh, I do not, know. How can you? Sears is out of business. <laughs> now, where's the button when I need it? I would say if you're buying a, a suit from Sears, you're a Sears sucker. That re-entry song, courtesy of... Mm-hmm. In uh, my opinion, that sucks. <laughs> Jake Query's feeling right now. Yeah, I'm... Uh, Got vaxxed up? The shingles vaccination, which you have to get at 50, and it is two shots two months apart from one another. And I went on Tuesday, and they said, well, you're not eligible yet until Wednesday for your two-month mark between shots. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I had a slammed Thursday, so I didn't want to do it on Wednesday, so I did it yesterday. And I was all good. We went to Roots for dinner last night. It was really good. and Love the popcorn. Oh, yeah. It's great. And it, the place was packed. Um my buddy Josh, who brought his son in here, was was in there. It was cool. And then, I don't know, probably I went to bed. Like, I got I, like I got super fatigued. And about 10 o'clock, I went to bed. And about 3, I woke up and wondered. Like, I felt like Nicholson at the end of The Shining. And I literally, like, basically tortillaed myself. And then, with blankets, and woke up this morning and took the first step. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't feel my face. And my whole body's just like numb. So I'm just in a fog. But I'm committed to you guys. That's the kind of... I mean, I'm bookending the week with showing my complete commitment and love for both of you. Why don't I just do it after the show on Friday? What's that? That would make too much sense, Kevin. Why not just do it after the show on Friday? I know. I thought about that. I didn't... Truthfully, and that's a fair point. I didn't realize it would be... Because I had pretty bad... Not bad. I mean, after the first shot, I got just kind of flu-like symptoms for about 12 hours. And they basically said to me, well, if you had reaction in the first shot, you likely will not for the second. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then <laughs> that appears to not be accurate. Uh, we'll get more into Anthony Richardson coming up at 830. Uh, Sean Kelly, the voice of the Florida Gators, is going to join us. Then uh, Jake teased a little bit earlier, like, look at Will Levis, look at Anthony Richardson. What do they lack 
and can that be taught? Will Levis issues are footwork and processing. Anthony Richardson, the issue is accuracy. What's easier to teach? One kind of helps the other, right? Um, I think accuracy is probably... I don't know, though. I mean, is accuracy a matter of of movement of arm or is it a matter of timing? If it's a matter of timing, then it, it may be accuracy is easier because it's just a matter of... But if it's your motion itself and literally the physical makeup of your arm that's a different challenge yeah i would say where my worry would come in in banking on teaching accuracies i think teaching i just think accuracy on saturdays in college football is a whole different level than accuracy on sundays in the nfl and not in a it's harder on saturdays than it is on sundays it's obviously more difficult um to fit balls into windows and the professional level than it is college wise Uh, not to say that you know, correcting footwork and making sure those reps carry into games and, you know, being a guy that can kind of throw people open uh, isn't difficult either. The The Will Levis a- aspect is difficult, but um, I, I think it's harder to teach accuracy. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when, you know, Peyton Manning, people kind of complained about his footwork, right? Oh, you know, he's got happy feet and look at his, look how his feet move and... You know, obviously, I, and I don't know that he ever got rid of that. I think we just eventually got used to it and didn't critique it. You know what I mean? By the way, we're wearing almost identical shirts today. I, I noticed that. that, yeah. Yeah, I need to shed this one partially because I'm sweating bullets over here. You guys are such good friends now. You're just coordinating. I texted him last night said, hey, let's, <laughs> he, uh, let's end the week on a high note. He texted me at 10.15. Unfortunately, I was already in bed asleep. The one time that ever happens, right? You going to go heavy uh, nap today? Uh, you kidding me? It's a day that ends in Y. I right? mean, I'm I'm basically going to hibernate today. <laughs> Any storyline that you like from yesterday at Augusta, or in, interesting? I, I'd say the one for me is certainly what what Kepka did. I, I I do think that the Kevin, I think the live golfers, the live thing to me is of interest because which I think is really important for golf. Right, you got to draw in the Jake queries. I think it's important for Liv too. They need the a good dr- showing, but the drama of it. I mean, the and maybe it's because Kevin, I can relate to with the split that we talked about. IRL cart for those right not listening. The yesterday. auto racing split. Um, you know the live golf. It's not the the fact that I'm interested in the golfers that took the money and went to live. I totally understand why they did. I get that like there's controversy around that because of the origin of Saudi money and uh, you know, but that's that's a whole different talk show. But the I think the narrative initially was, hey, if you want to go over there and take that money, that's fine, but you're done. You 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 are dead to us. And yet Having those guys come over, and you tell me if you agree or disagree, Kevin, but it feels to me like as time has gone on, we have become more forgiving about it. Well, they are still dead to the PJ Tour. I get it. And, and I guess that's something but to not probably to clarify. But not the fans is what I'm getting at. 
you know, each of these majors, the Masters, then the U.S. Open, right, now the order's changed, the Masters, the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, the British Open, all four of those majors are run by four separate governing bodies. It's very confusing. I, I, I hate that golf has to operate like that, but it's just how they do. Um, and the four majors are welcoming in the players that have already qualified via live. They want the best fields, um, which I, I guess I understand that aspect of it. And then all the other tournaments... Uh, put on by the PGA Tour. Um, Mark, to your point, you know, Liv needs this. Is this what Liv needs? Only one guy in the top 15, but that one guy is leading? I mean, I think they would... Tied for the lead? They would obviously like more guys leading, but I think you need to have someone in the field, in the hunt. Like if Kepka wins on Sunday, but no one else from Liv finishes in the top 20, is that a good week for Liv? I'd say so, because, I mean, if they don't have anybody... If no one's in the hunt, everybody's kind of like, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, quality these guys are quantity. making their paychecks, but clearly their game has dropped off. We talked to what Will Haskett earlier this week, and he said Dustin Johnson's been a shell of himself. So, I mean, the quality of play has gone down, and you just signed this TV deal with CW, so you'd like some eyes to start tuning in. Like, hey, the Masters winner, or the guy who finished runner-up, he's playing over here. Check him out. Yeah, and again, I think if there's anybody on live that – could kind of handle whatever all this pressure all this outside noise and say kind of watch this it would be um brooks kepka so he's tied for the lead with john rom and victor hovland all three at seven under uh john rom had four putts on the first hole yesterday made a double bogey and played his last nine or last 17 and nine under he looked pretty at the end of his round he looked like a guy that was like Let's go. Like, he was ready to go play another 18. I guess, who wouldn't be at that point? That was pretty, yeah, that's a good way to put it. That was pretty flawless by Rom after that first hole. Um, A lot of people, I think, thought he was just going to blow up from there, and he did not. Have you seen this Sam Bennett dude from Texas A&M? He looks like Dabo Sweeney. Really? Do you like Dabo Sweeney? Uh, He's a bit bit too much for me. In what way? Uh, I just, I always feel like he's preaching at me. Okay. You a fan? I do like him. I mean, the team that I root for has won two national championships with him sure. as the head coach, so you know what I mean? Uh, but I can see how he would grade on people for certain. Um, I'm looking him up right now. Mr. Bennett? Yeah. Yeah, a little uh, bit. I can see it. He looks a little bit like Johnny Manziel, too. Maybe that's because he's wearing an A&M shirt here. But Yeah, fifth-year senior. Again, father passed away a couple years ago. Um, a pretty impressive round from him yesterday, shooting 68 as an amateur um we talked a little bit earlier in the week this is kind of on a different subject about UConn Jake winning the national title etc etc um you know some people all right let's compare the Danny Hurley start to Mike Woodson I didn't realize that IU and UConn could be playing against each other next year correct they are playing I thought they already definitively are right well there's four teams in the Empire Classic right two games I have they slotted a bracket or have they made a bracket yet? The four teams are Louisville, Indiana, Texas, and UConn. Louisville's interesting to be in there because... Wouldn't you just have IU play Louisville, Texas play UConn, and then winners and losers play? Probably. I, it's interesting to me when people are like, is Louisville still a blue blood? Clearly they are. Because they're able to get in something like that with six wins or whatever they had, right? I mean, that's kind of the yeah, telltale. I think, to be fair, I think they announced it before this year. But I thought it was announced a couple of weeks ago, to be honest with you. Was it? I, 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 I thought. Maybe I'm wrong. But now, I mean, will you go to Kansas at Assembly Hall? 
You know, interesting you mentioned that. My buddy that I um, was friends with at KU, I took him out some beer from here. And when I went out to Kansas, and he sent me a picture last night, he was enjoying. As a matter of fact, would you take him? Uh, I took him. Weemac? Yeah. Really? Took him some Weemac. And so he's like, wow, this is really good. And I said, well, you can have some of it in the tap room when you come out here for Kansas at Indiana. And he nice. Was like, Sounds good. So I would say yes. Mid December coming up this season. I love those games. There's nothing like. Two weeks before Christmas, college basketball, you know, big time games like that. Indiana, Kentucky, Kansas. I like the on campus yeah, feel to them totally. as well. It's great. You know, I know Indiana, Arizona was probably a pretty joyous event for some Hoosier fans going out to Vegas for that one, but a more of a give me those atmospheres on campus. Here's a question for you, Kevin, about the Masters. And we'll talk. Greg Rakestraw going to join us here coming up in just a couple of minutes. Um, Phil Mickelson had a nice opening round, by the way. I know I hate him, but he had a nice why opening do you hate round. Him? Seems like a nice fella. Uh, just way too much. Thinks he's running the show out there. Um, what else do I have in common with him? <laughs> so, Juan Montoya. This wasn't told to me by Juan Montoya, but rather by someone who worked very closely with him at his race team. When Juan Montoya won his first Indianapolis 500 and dominated, he led 167 of 200 laps in 2000 as a rookie. And after the race... One of the executives for Ganassi Racing was like, can you believe that you won the Indy 500? And he said, well, yeah, because it happened exactly as I saw it. And he said, what do you mean? And he said, well, before any big race like that, I basically almost meditate for like two hours and I run the race in my head for all 200 laps. And I, I witness, I think I've told the story before that Montoya, when he first came to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, he'd never been here before. He was getting a seat fitting at Ganassi. He took like the hour lunch break to go to the Speedway in late February, early March. There was snow on the ground. He bought a bus ticket to take the, the lap around the track, got done. He was the only person on the bus and said to the bus driver, can you do one more lap? But this time, can I sit up and crouch down next to you? And the driver's like, okay. And he goes, but drive on the outside close to the wall. And Montoya crouched down and looked at the angles of the track on the bus lap and then told members of Ganassi that he vi- he envisioned the 200 laps of how the track would change and the different lines that he could use based on his memorization of the pattern of the track. That's some fascinating artwork. Do you think there are golfers that do that with the Masters? Oh, certainly. Like from a visualization standpoint? Correct. Like, yeah. do you oh, yeah. think Tiger Woods sits down and, and and plots out in his mind every the angles of every hole because he's been there so many times? Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of your prep would be to try and mimic or replicate some of the shots that you will have right. there in your own practice. Now, it's difficult to do because I would say the undulation is one of the more unique things about Augusta, and it's you know hard to simulate that depending on where you are in the country, but... Yeah, I mean, even from just a pre-shot routine standpoint, like I know a guy that always is closing his eyes before shots um, is Jason Day. You know, he closes his eyes and you know, obviously is visualizing something for several seconds before hitting. Yeah, I don't think you're getting a lot of happy Gilmores out there. <laughs> I'd venture to guess that is a big, big part of what about Bob Barker prep and uh, um, not only physical prep but certainly mental prep as well. The gold jacket, right? And Happy Gilmore? Yeah, Bob Barker actually probably making sure that Happy Gilmore was playing with pen seekers. We know that from yesterday, right? It looked like Tiger was hitting balls with pen seekers yesterday. 
Probably. Not a lot of shots close to the hole for Tiger That of Woods. which they were seeking was not being hit. Um, again, two over par for him. Tied for 54th uh, shot right now outside of the cut line. Um, Brooks Kepka gets underway here in about 20 minutes. For those teeing off early this morning, that would be Kepka, that would be Jason Day, Gary Woodland, even Scotty Scheffler at 10 o'clock. That is a very promising draw. Uh, do you guys want to rethink any picks? Uh, I believe, Mark, you were Rory. I was Rory. I've got money there. No, I will, I will stick with Well, the one fellow that I picked that went home is probably not going to Yeah, Zal Torres, right. you, you'd like a redo? Anybody you want to... Uh... I'll put Burns back in there. Okay, Burns shot four under. Okay. So I got Burns, I got the uh, young fella, and then Matsuyama, right? Yes, correct. Um, and again, if you look at past champions, 17 straight years, the winner has come from the top 10 after day one. That group right now, Victor Hovland, John Rahm, Jason Day, Cameron Young, Gary Woodland, Scotty Scheffler... Sam Bennett, the amateur, Dabo, Sam Burns, Shane Lowry, Xander Shoffley, and the always well-groomed Adam Scott. Always well-groomed Adam Scott. That's like me. Good-looking fellow. Well, again, two for two. He's got two first names. I've got two things in common with him. How happy you think the Carmel moms are that Fred Couples shot one under? (laughs) I don't know. They're still sweating out whether or not they can get their kids front row tickets to the Warriors game. Stay Corey. I'm Kevin Bowen. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Mark Dykton, Greg Rakesaw joins us next. All right, good Friday morning to you. Looks to be a beautiful weekend here, and next week looks really promising as well. I'm always curious, like post-basketball season, I know the schedule's pretty filled, but what is the schedule for Greg Rakestraw uh, now that the high school basketball season has ended? I know some Indy 11 certainly on the docket. Uh, Rake, what does the April-May-ish schedule look like for you? All right, so this week was a college softball doubleheader on Tuesday, was attending the Indy 11 U.S. Open Cup match, not broadcasting it, so having a couple of Heinekens during the game nice. on Wednesday. Uh, Were you in the battalion? Baseball. What's that? Were I you in the battalion? I battalion because I probably don't feel like standing for 90 minutes, and I can't, like, scream for 90 minutes. Like, it's one of the few things I have to, like, not do because of what I do for a living. Got to protect the moneymaker. So I sat in the broadcast booth. People thought I was, like, sad and lonely. I'm, no, this is wonderful. I'm sitting here having a beer, and nobody's bothering me. This is great, and I have a you know wonderful view of the action. Um, college baseball last night, college softball this afternoon, high school softball tomorrow morning, and then Indy 11 tomorrow night. You bring up college baseball. Um, what's his, Is it Max Clark? Is that right, from Franklin? Is he still Correct. supposed to be, like, number one pick, top five pick coming up? Number one pick or going to Vanderbilt, and he has he has his options. Uh, and uh, you know, high school, high school baseball season is just a couple of weeks old at this point. But uh, yes, uh, this state has the number one prospect in both high school baseball and high school softball in the country. That's which wild. Is, which is interesting, Greg, because and maybe you can expand on this. Both Southsiders. You know, we live in a world now where athletes are more on the radar because of the internet obviously and the different web pages dedicated to it but it does feel to me like indiana has had a rise in top level talent coming out i mean aside from just brownsburg is there 
something specifically that has led to that, or is it strictly that we have a better means of being able to track it? I think it's a combination of those two things. I mean, you've, you've got the general population increase and influx here in, in central Indiana. Um, you know, even though it's not a, a year-round baseball state in terms of weather, it is very much a year-round baseball state in terms of training. You've got great facilities, great teachers, former players that, that, that live in the area. Um, and, and maybe, I know this is the case in, in Clark's case, you know, he played football this past fall. You know, you've got maybe you actually get the benefit of not having over usage injuries because you kind of have to take a break, uh, you know, during during certain parts uh, of of the year. So I'm sure it's a variety of factors, but Indiana has always been a, a, a better baseball state. People give it credit for. Is it ever going to supplant basketball in the state? Of course not. Uh, is it what high school football in the state is? Probably not. But you look historically. There are usually guys from Indiana that, that go significantly high in the MLB draft every year. Yeah, I know. I always feel like that's kind of like, wow, another Indiana kid going right. in round one. Um, it's always pretty impressive to see. Greg Gregstraw is with us here. ISC Sports Network. Of course, Indy 11 season is underway. Rick, we saw earlier this week the Indiana All-Stars were announced. I believe we're still like a week and a half-ish away from Mr. Basketball. Um, is the assumption there that Penn's Marcus Burton will take that home? Yes, it is, um, and, and that is held up for the Indy Star, you know, awards program that they do every year. But uh, there's not much trauma in this one. It's going to be Marcus Burton. Should I be happy about him in South Bend? Honestly, given the roster, I should probably be happy about anybody on Michael Shrewsbury's roster right now. But you think he can play given the size, the ACC level? Uh, what what he lacks in in size, he makes up for in speed. And you got to remember. You know, it trickles down to college basketball. It's not like it is in the NBA completely. But, you know, things are so spaced out. The floor is so spaced that a a lack of height or overall size is not the detriment that it once was. Dude can absolutely fly up and down the floor. You should be very happy he's playing for your favorite college basketball team. Sounded like you guys had a wonderful conversation with Mikey yesterday morning. We did, and I kept my shirt on. I was a professional. Um, I, I thought I behaved very well, and Micah said, "If next time you come up to South Bend, bring some Long's Donuts. I said, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> did you Did you already commit to season tickets for the next 40 years at this point? Um, you know what, Rake, I think they actually pay for you to come into the Joyce Center um, if you, if you want to be a Notre Dame basketball fan. So I have a feeling my brother and I will be making the trek up 31 um, quite a few times. At some point in time, you and I will road trip for a game. I got like three nights off a year. I'll take one of them uh, and we'll road trip because I got to call a game there. It's been 20 years since I've been up there. This was definitely way before Purcell Pavilion days. This was the old roundhouse days. I thought that building was so cool. So at some point in time, yes. I know Micah pretty well. I would love to road trip for a game. I do not tease me, Rick. You, me, thirty-one. We'll stop. Just, you know, we'll stop in Peru, maybe I, the the BP and McDonald's and Rochester. We could stop. So it's going to be great. Done. Done deal. Cone Palace from Kokomo. Maybe the hip hugger if things go well. Whoa! Here oh we boy. go. Here we here, go. Here Celebrate we go. a big okay. win. Hey, Greg. This is kind of a a topic that, that we've had a lot of discussion about, but I think it's worth having again. I, you know, when I was in high school, Greg. Adam Alexander and I were at WJEL, your Panther Sports Connection, North Central's radio station. Hail, hail. That's right. Hail, hail our Panthers. And we got credentialed to do the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star Game on the radio. Mm-hmm. And, and we 
absolutely, I mean, we were over the moon and stars about it. That was the biggest thrill for me because the Indiana-Kentucky game, it was Dwayne Morton for Kentucky. It was Eric Montross and Damon Bailey for Indiana. We were juniors. They were seniors. 17,000. Did you do the Freedom Hall here, too, or just the one at Market Square? We just did Market Square. Okay. But it was such a big deal, partially because I was a kid, admittedly. But for kids today, it, it makes me sad that they don't get to experience that level of magnitude of it. And Indiana certainly has done their part. Right. But is that going to be, you know, has AAU diluted the significance of that? Does it have long-term viability? I hope it does. And again, you said it well. We in Indiana have done our best. And I know the folks in Kentucky that are trying. They're, uh, Scott Chalk, the Van Hooses, they're wonderful people to work with. So, you know, you're talking to the right guy on this front. We go down to Kentucky and televise that game. I've been to the Owensboro Sports Center the last couple of years. And I know that building well because that has been the home for decades for Kentucky Wesleyan basketball. And, and 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 I love that building because they were a rival of UND back in the day. And I've got great memories of calling games from there in, in college. Uh, there are about 500 people in that building last year. Hmm. You know, Indiana is taking it back to Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Mike Broughton is doing everything he can. They are adding futures games for both the boys and, and girls from Indiana. So on June 10th, there's four games that day at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. I think it is still a big deal to make the all-star team and play for the all-star team. And being able to bring the game back for the first time since 2019 to an NBA arena, that makes it a massive deal for the kids. The qualification process in Kentucky is a little bit different than it is in Indiana. And there has not been the talent in Kentucky, but some of the top talent has not played in the game um, this has not been as it's happened on a couple of occasions. It's not been a routine thing, but you also sometimes have coaches that basically say, I don't want you playing in that game. Or some kids have to be on campus, say the, the you know, the end of May. Now most kids will play in the game on June 10th and then head to their college campus the next day on June the 11th. Because simply put, you can now be on campus during the summer as part part of your scholarship, and you get those workouts, and you get credits out of the way. So much like everything in life, it is a confluence of factors as to why the game is not as big of a deal as it used to be. But believe me, it's not from a lack of effort from a lot of people, and frankly, myself and the ISC Sports Network included. Yeah, it almost seems like annually now there's a kid that's like, oh, he's on his college campus early. You know, it, it, yep. it seems like that that scheduling part of it is a big factor as well. He's Greg Rakestraw. We're going to road trip up to South Bend coming up this fall. I yep. can't wait after he just uh, dropped that little Easter Bunny nugget on me here. Easter Bunny nugget. Okay. Correct. Uh-huh. Uh, Ray, Be careful around those nuggets bunnies leave, just so you know. If they're warm, don't step in them. Because. <laughs> well, you, you never know. Nowadays, nuggets, 420, you know, the date is kind of okay. approaching. You never okay. know what, what you know. This, there we go. this road trip could be pretty interesting uh, if the hip hugger is involved as well. Huh. Rake, if you were to like make a list of, all right, uh, hey, casual Indiana sports fan, uh, list the Division One men's basketball programs in the state. I feel like Valpo is probably like the forgotten one. You're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about Valpo. You know, what is going on up there? They are currently, if I'm not mistaken, searching for a head coach. I feel like Indiana State and Ball State have really found nice coaching situations here recently. Again, I know it's probably the least notable D1 school, but you got a name for Valpo to try and get back on the map in the MoVal? 
You know, they are so far off of my radar at this point, um, and, and they were a team that was a focus of mine for the better part of a decade because when I start doing the games for IUPUI in 2001 and they're in the mid-con, Valpo is kind of at the tail end of a decade of dominance where you just penciled them into the NCAA tournament every year. They've, they had a modicum of success in the Horizon League. Great work. And frankly, you couldn't turn down when the Missouri Valley says, hey, we want you because of your connection to the Chicagoland market. You're not going to turn the Missouri Valley down. But it's, it's, it, they have completely kind of fallen off the map. And while the Missouri Valley is not what it was maybe 10 years ago, is the Missouri Valley definitively better than the Mid-American Conference and the Horizon League and the Summit League? You know, absolutely it is. So that, that is a school that, frankly, I, I, I could drive you there. I, I, I could point out which building on campus is the Ark. I know that Zane Dowdy's not going there. And they changed the name from the Crusaders. That is my level of knowledge of Valparaiso University men's basketball at this juncture. Yeah, I feel like, oh, and I remember them. They had like a nice international pipeline with the Drew family. Uh, So Zane Dowdy, I do want to ask you about that. Obviously an unbelievable performance in the state finals for him against Floyd Badunga. Uh, Reopened his commitment. Do we know any schools on that list? You know, I think I think it's very similar to kind of like Jake Laravia um, when, when Jake was was kind of blowing up as a high school senior and was going to go to SIU Edwardsville. His 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 he, you know coaching change there. They fired John Harris. He reopens his his recruiting process and he ends up at Indiana State. In other words, you know I I would expect I for as much as I, I love Zane as a basketball player, I don't think he's a Big Ten level kid. Uh, and so you know but there's been some conversation with Ball State, IUPUI other kind of mid-major local-level programs. I think he is, again, another Missouri Valley school could be in the running. A Mid-American Conference school could be in the running. Let's face it, Ball State now has a need for a big man with Peyton Sparks leaving to go to play at Indiana University. That would kind of make a lot of sense uh, for Zane at this point. Uh, but I think you're looking at, at, at that level of school, and I do think he tries to stay in-state if possible. I'm telling you, he has Greg written all over him the guy that three years from now is one of them that they're featuring in the middle of a 5-12 game in the NCAA tournament because sure. he's averaging 19 and 10, and it's like For the hilltoppers, right? This is a this is a team they're going to have to worry about. You know, Michigan State's got their hands full, that kind of thing. Because he's physical, physically he can match a Big Ten level post. I'd agree with that. What what Zane will work on, whoever he plays at the next level, is working on a more consistent 15 foot jump shot. Uh, I'm not sure he's ever going to be a three pointer. Again, just a, a, a remarkable motor, tremendous. He, he's, a, he's a defensive-ready college basketball player right now and one of the few kids physically who is ready for the rigors of, of college basketball right now has to work on developing more of his offensive game. Hey, Greg, in three weeks, the Colts send you down to go do a feature, article, interview, radio, whatever, on their first – players selected in the draft so you tell your kids like yeah dad's going to be gone for a day i've got a a work trip but you decide to bring them back a little nugget little souvenir from where it is that you have to go Easter bunny nugget that's right what do you bring back i am probably bringing them back decals uh, or stuffed animals from the kentucky horse parks i think i'm going to lexington yep i'm i'm with you I, i told kevin i did a radio interview yesterday with a station in pennsylvania that had a different and this is a cool way to do it. They I've had a done diff- that show before. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking like, about. It's kind of like a mock draft. 
Yep. And so they asked me, they're like, okay, you know, C.J. Stroud was off the board, Anderson was off the board, Bryce Young was off the board, and they're like, Indianapolis now, we go to Jake Quarry who covers the Colts, you know, talks about the Colts, whatever. You know, who's it going to be? And I said, well, based on that, I think the player they would take, I think that Chris Ballard really likes the physicality of Anthony Richardson, but I also think that Chris Ballard knows that his owner really likes Will Levis. And I think Chris Ballard will be able to make that decision but Chris Ballard is smart enough to make the decision that his owner is leaning towards. So I think it's Will Levis. And they were like, I can't believe you, you think Will Levis is going to be any good. I'm like, I didn't say that. I'm just telling you that's who I think they're going to take, right? I have no idea if he's going to be any good, but I think that's their guy. Well, the last time that I did that show, I think I lucked into saying Quentin Nelson, and that's exactly who the Colts got. Um, but I, I, if if the Cardinals – I'd be stunned if the Cardinals don't trade that pick. And I know a lot of the mocks that we have got Anderson going, the edge rusher – have got him going to three to the Arizona Cardinals. I still think if the Colts aren't going to move to three, that somebody else will. Yeah, agree. And 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 Richardson goes at three, and the Colts say, okay, fine. Will Levis is our guy at four, and and, and that's who we're going to go with. Um, if Richardson is still there at four, now we're having a different conversation. Um, may, I I do think that that if Richardson's available, that might be a hard hard you know potential player to turn down but my thought has been the Colts are not going to want to move up even a spot they are content to let somebody leapfrog them if they really want to go after Richardson and if not Will Levis is going to be their guy and if you're Arizona rake just milk it till the final minute because if for some reason CJ Stroud or Bryce Young surprisingly fall to three now the people that weren't maybe calling you a month ago could be calling you three well I guess what three weeks from yesterday Absolutely, and I, and I, and I'd be asking for the moon if I were them too. <laughs> I would be playing teams against each other all the way until about seven o'clock Eastern time on Thursday, April the twenty seventh. Rake the Donner of the Green Jacket comes Sunday, potentially Monday. Will be who? Oh man, um, I'm, I'm kind of. I hope it's John Rom. I'd love to see him do it, and obviously he's in great position after a great start yesterday. Um, you know, Scheffler obviously is a, is, a, is always a great pick going into the weekend, but knowing that it's usually a front runner. It's usually somebody that plays very well on Thursday. So just look at the top ten of the leaderboard. Why not go past the guy that's, you know, atop it right now, John Rom. Taco John's in Peru, hip hugger on our way back, Notre Dame basketball in between. Greg Rakestraw and myself up 31 here coming up this fall. Rake, literally it'll be Christmas Day for me. Thank you. God, fellas, take care. It's Greg Rakestraw right there on the Payless Liquors you could, um, hotline. Right there in Peru, you could stop at that gas station I told you about where when I went to the Notre Dame Reggie Bush push game, Uh huh. on the way up there with Otis Jones, we stopped at that, there's like a truck stop gas station. I think it's a BP. You know, went in to get combos and whatever else. We were covering it for Channel 6, and there's a prison near there, right? Um, yeah, right. Uh, Miami kind of, Correctional in the, Facility, I like think. Like in the Grisham area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, fella got out of there and decided that he would go into that place and try to cash a check and get himself a little spinning cash. And uh, while we were there, and I'm just trying to buy my combos, they're like, uh, hang on just a second, sir. We'll be right with you. But uh, actually, the police are coming because this guy just broke out of jail. Well, there you go. Like, okay. That was probably a, not a good omen for Notre Dame in trying to finish off that victory. That was the game where afterwards people were so upset that Notre Dame lost. I was waiting on the elevator and a 72-pound liver spot wearing a sweater that just said, God, country, Notre Dame, pushed me in my sternum and said, UCLA is going to kick your ass next week. I said, okay. I, I'm just You had a USC look to you? <laughs> I, I guess. 
A 72-year-old liver spot? I've never heard that turn of phrase for someone. It looked like, looked like E.T., but with a Notre Dame sweatshirt on. Now, you know the Kevin pride of shirt off? Miami, Indiana, right, for Notre Dame? Uh, the pride of Miami, Indiana. Is there a Miami, Indiana? I thought it was Miami County. Is there? I thought it was a Miami, Indiana. Maybe it is Miami County. Who's that? Ruth Riley. Really? Won in a national title there. I know that she played for the Miami Soul. Did she not? Did she? The L. Ivy played here for the Fever. I think I she was that. on the Fever when Jaden Ivy was born. Is that correct? Correct. There are pictures of Jaden Ivy being carried around as a literally as an infant. And now Jaden Ivy's in the building in Cambridge Field. How about that? That's an excellent transition into our checkdown. The morning checkdown. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Uh, If you're just joining us this morning, where have you been? You may not be aware of the fact that the Pacers tonight are in action against the Detroit Pistons at the Fieldhouse. 11-game losing skid for Detroit coming in. The Pacers have lost two straight. Game starts at 7 o'clock. It is one of 10 games tonight in the association. Also, you missed the fact that Mark does a sneaky, decent Pee Wee Herman impersonation. That's it better than sneaky. It, it is decent. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want me to do it now? Yeah. Just the uh, show monkey right I'll, now? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Listen. You want to you play it that way? That's fine. I'm trying to showcase your many talents. That's fine. I'll just let you inadvertently, when we least expect it, hit us with your Pee Wee Herman. How's okay, that? And that also is sounds very unusual. Maybe you'll come mid-interview during uh, Sean I, Kelly. I was going to say, we're talking like, Anthony Richardson next. That's as fast as Anthony Richardson at the Combine. That's right. Yeah. Um, and also, I'm wacky on the junk. I got the second shingle shot yesterday, and I'm, compl- I'm starting to come out of it a little bit. But I have, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I have no recollection of the first hour of the show. None. Well, we did not mention this in the first hour, but I know IU fans seem to be uh, in a bit of a happy mood today. Jake uh, Kel L. Ware, if I'm pronouncing that correct, know anything about the transfer from Oregon that appears to be coming to Bloomington? Do not. I mean, Oregon's a decent program, right? Very highly rated recruit last year, pretty consensus five-star, a big fella, had a great um, start to a season in the non-conference, played really well against UConn and Michigan State, uh, but then tapered off big time uh, throughout the Pac-12 schedule. He is visiting Indiana, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he visit. Well, I think visited or visiting, maybe still. But I think IU fans believe that his commitment is imminent. Uh, obviously, front court minutes to be had in Bloomington. Uh, tall, skinny, skilled. Didn't really have a whole lot of production outside of that. Three game a, stretch there against UConn. He's Arkansas native, right? And kind of ha- he's like a shorter Victor Webman Miyama in terms of what he looks like. But Ooh, I, throw that on Peegs. I get it. Getting... I get why Indiana fans. It beats the alternative. I get it. But I also think that Indiana at some point needs to establish itself as the kind of program where they have solidarity of roster instead of constant turnover from one to the next and waiting and hoping and pinning everything on a guy that was a retread from elsewhere. You know what I mean? Portal help a lot. That is what Mike Woodson in this offseason is all about. Uh, Major League Baseball, yesterday, kind of a quiet day on the diamond. A lot of Mother Nature uh, postponements, cancellations, etc. The Tampa Bay Rays, they are the only undefeated team left here as we are a week into the season. Uh, Reds and Phillies coming up, Mark. Who are the Cubs got this weekend? I don't even remember. I thought it was the Rangers, I think. What kind of fan are you? I don't remember. By the way, since you're having trouble remembering the You first- are right, Mark. The first hour, Jake, uh, whenever you want to pay me that 50 bucks, totally fine. No pressure. No rush. Okay. 
Am I seeing this right? The Pacers are favored by six and a half tonight? They should be. The three of us with Tony Katz and JMV would be a, like a, a pick em with Detroit, right? I'd say so. Gosh, they've won one game since February. They won two games in February. They are horrific, the Pistons. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Uh, Masters round two is underway. Brooks Kepka, one of the three co-leaders, uh, just missed the green at the opening hole to start day two. John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Brooks Kepka, all three shooting seven under par, 65s. Roy McIlroy struggled on day one, as did Tiger Woods. Mother Nature, a big storyline here later this afternoon, especially into tomorrow. We'll see if how often, how long the delays are, and if we have to go to a Monday finish. 1983. The last Monday finish. Really? Now, can I guess who won it in 1983? Ooh, I think you'll get this. Fuzzy Zeller. Gosh, you're close. Uh, Um, Hold on, hold on. Think about one of the co-leaders. Tom Watson. Think about one of the co-leaders right now. Who'd you say the co-leaders are? Victor Hovland, Brooks Kepka, and Jonathan Rahm. That doesn't help me. John Rahm yesterday four-putted the first hole, and afterwards he quoted the most famous golfer from his home country and said, I miss, I miss, I miss, I make. The 1983 winner, Seve Ballesteros. I I can't believe I didn't say that because he's been like my running gag. Didn't I say yesterday I asked what Seve Ballesteros is doing? I I feel like you have mentioned Seve. Totally. He and Chichi Rodriguez. Chichi would do the... um not the, not oh, the, he did the quick draw McGraw with his yeah, clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched him over the Brickyard. Did you ever go to the Senior Tour event when they had it at the Brickyard Crossing? I did. My dad and I went. I've also been to Chi-Chi's. The prices for the closed. Brickyard Crossing golf course nowadays is outrageous. Is it really? I believe I saw online 200 Yeah, I mean, come on. Cool experience. Very fortunate to play a high school match there during the week uh, leading to the did race you ever each eat at year. Chi-Chi's? Um, but yeah, just outrageous to spend Mark, 200 bucks. Did they have Chi Chi's in Chicago? Or is that Shy Shy's, as they probably call it there? What's that? I think I've had it like once or twice. Sh- turn my mic on. I think I've had it like once or twice. I don't think it's around anymore, right? I don't did think somebody so. Somebody get like the Ebola there and then it shut the whole thing down? Well, that's, well, boy. that's pretty broad. Yeah. I don't know. All right, devour time. We had Ebola last week. You want to come in? <laughs> We're half prices on our menu. Just, I'm saying that they had I know some... you're in a haze right now, but just I think they closed because of Ebola. We got to get to I Sean bet, Kelly, We better make right? sure now, yeah, right? Do. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Richardson too. Insight coming up next with the voice of the Florida Gators. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. John Kelly. It is a Friday in Indianapolis. It's actually a Friday everywhere in the United States, uh, including Gainesville, Florida, which is where our next guest we find on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Sean Kelly is the voice of the Gators. As a matter of fact, a St. Louis native, Sean joined the University of Florida radio network, if I'm not mistaken, just about a year ago. I could be wrong in that, but he joins us now and can clarify if I'm wrong. But Sean, first off, man, I appreciate the time. You ready to talk a little Anthony Richardson with us? Yeah, why not? Good morning from Knoxville, by the way, where it's cold and wet. So would I assume that you are doing a Gators game in, against UT? A little diamond yes. action, probably. 
Yeah, a little diamond action started last night, and uh, we'll see if it happens tonight. I, I have my doubts at the moment. Hey, um, I want to begin by asking you this. If I would have a year ago or when you first started watching you know, Florida games, I don't know if, if this was your first or second year uh, as you know, doing their play-by-play stuff, but was Anthony Richardson kind of a, a Johnny-come-lately in terms of like, oh, wow, this guy suddenly is an NFL prospect, or could you tell it the first time you saw him? Um, well, it's interesting. This past fall was my first year at Florida. The, the year prior, so I guess it would be 21, I was still full-time with ESPN Radio. I had a national game. It was Florida at LSU, and Anthony Richardson came in in the second half of that game maybe even the second quarter of that game, and made for a very interesting afternoon at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. Just, you know, he kind of turned your head, and, and you thought, wow, this, this could be the future at Florida. We'll see how this goes. Um, and, and then I didn't get to see him really up close and in person until I arrived on campus a couple of days before training camp last summer. And I do remember that. I do remember walking out and seeing this dude and going, whoa, I mean, that's like all-American-looking, right-off-the-bus type stuff. Um, just his size, his presence on the field, um, and, and what he could do with his arm, not, not to mention his legs, too. So it caught my attention right away. But here was a guy that was basically now going to become the full-time starter, had been anointed as the guy going into fall camp, yet had only one career start under his belt, so there was a lot to learn in watching how he would prepare to be in that role. And so I got to see kind of Anthony Richardson from the jump, you know, the kind of the creation of what we're now seeing this spring. And so that was a really cool process to watch. It was hard to watch it sometimes because him learning to become a full-time starter was a true process. And, you know, he got thrown in the fire pretty quick. When you've got Utah coming into town, um, that's that's a pretty difficult way to start, not to mention follow that up with a game against Kentucky. So early on, Anthony was not only learning how to be a starter, but he was also going up against some of the better defensive minds in college football. So that was all very intriguing to me, kind of as the new guy on campus, but having fresh eyes on it too. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned your first time seeing him. I remember the combine thinking, wait, I thought tight ends and DNs weren't talking until later in the week when I saw him walk in with all the other quarterbacks um, here last month. Again, Sean Kelly, voice of the Florida Gators, joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Was there any surprise that he declared, Sean? You know, obviously it sounds like he's going to go pretty early, but, you know, seemingly needs a little bit more playing time. Um, was there any doubt that he would declare early? I think there was just in the sense that, again, the body of work wasn't real large. But he's a very thoughtful young man, and again, emphasis on young. I thought he did his due diligence and really waited to make his decision until the very end of the season, um, you know, out of the regular season, that time in between toward the bowl game. And so um, I thought that he did a good job of seeking out the right people, um, I even talked to him late in the year just to kind of get a gauge. You know, what are you thinking on this? And he, and he said, honest to goodness, I, I don't really know as of yet. So he took the full time that was allotted to him to make that decision. Um, and part of it was, too, just being a leader on that football team, he wanted to not leave guys in the lurch or, or, or spend the last weekend or two, week or two of the regular season, you know, with this kind of one-foot-out-the-door mentality. So I thought he handled that pretty well, but – when you look at just the tools, if you will, 
it was hard to, to, to shake your head and say, no, he made a bad decision. Uh, you know, selfishly for me at Florida, I would have loved to have seen what he would be like a whole other year as a starter, a full year in the Billy Napier system. That would have been pretty cool to watch. But I don't, I don't have any problem, you know, again, like, like anybody cares my opinion is on this, but I had no problem with him declaring early just because physically – He's so ready for the next level. We know the Colts have very real interest. Uh, I think you even sent out a picture this week of the plane down in Gainesville, and and certainly um, they've done their homework on Anthony Richardson. I think a huge part of this process will be how is that guy wired kind of neck up uh, and being the separator. So how would you describe Anthony Richardson, you know, personality, work ethic, teammate-wise? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of positives in that sense. And, and I took that picture, and I knew that it would kind of go a little nutty and it's been fun to read a lot of the comments and all that, but I was just kind of having a giggle about it as I was leaving with the baseball team on Wednesday. Um, but, you know, the Colts and others are, are doing a lot of homework on Anthony Richardson. I mentioned earlier he's he's very thoughtful. Um, he's a pensive guy that has a good circle of people around him. Um, he genuinely is a pleaser, um, and I like that about him. Where he lacks, I guess, neck up is just sheer lack of – um, on task experience, you know, was it whether it was learning how to be a starter, which I think he did eventually, but it's really trying to how do how do you gobble up film? How do you how do you go about your work during practice in that it's being watched by everybody else? Um, all those things kind of slowly came along for Anthony, and so um, you know he's going to need more experience in in consuming the film, um, reading defenses in that sense. And but but yet the speed of the game doesn't bother him a whole lot. Um, yeah, obviously there are some questions about his accuracy. I think that there's a couple things involved in there. One, somebody's going to work with him on his feet a little bit more uh, with regard to throwing the football. And and two, I think that you know obviously at the next level he's going to have a better batch of receivers to deal with as well. So all those things will help that number grow a little bit. But this is a young man that you know is very grounded at home. Um, again, a pleaser in a lot of ways. And I think the other thing that was kind of fun to watch was how he became more of a vocal leader around the Gator football program. I think there were some conversations after the Kentucky loss early in the season about, yes, certainly you want to lead by example, but you know, you've got a booming voice and, and a voice that needs to be heard in this locker room even more. And so to kind of watch him take better command of huddles and and encourage and, and be critical when the time came to be as far as his teammates go, um, learning not just his position, the running back position, the, the receiver position, but also knowing on any given play where his left guard is going to be looking or needs to be focused on and how that will affect how a play might progress for him. So all those things obviously are still very young in his, in his arc, in his learning process, and ideally, I think, guys, and again, I'm just saying this just from watching where he started last year and where he ended up, in, in that the ideal situation for him at the next level would be not to have to take the whole thing onto his shoulders right away. Could he be in a place where it might take a year for him to learn under somebody or something along those lines? Now, look, it, there, there could be a team that says, ready right away, this is the guy we need right now. And I, I hope that's the best for that franchise and for him. Uh, we'll have to just see how to see how that goes later this month. You kind of tipped your hand on on this one, Sean, on the answer. But to elaborate on it a little bit, Sean Kelly, the voice of the Gators, is our guest on the Payless Liquors Hotline. 
Um, I want you to imagine this hypothetical. You pull kind of a Ted Lasso, and all of a sudden, like, an Australian rules football team decides they're going to hire you and pay you a boatload of money to come be the voice of the kangaroos. And you're like, all right, I'm going to do it. It's something different. So you go to Australia for three years. You completely cut yourself out of the culture in the United States, and you pay no attention to the NFL. You come back to the United States, and somebody says, yeah, Anthony Richardson kind of flamed out. And you say, oh, why? What's the answer? It would be that he was put in a position too early to succeed. Um, that would be my. That would be the thing that I think that I would recognize if somebody were to tell me that if I were to leave the country for the next three years, because everything else makes sense, right? Look, nobody ran better as a quarterback in college football than Anthony Richardson. Whether it was running over people or making them miss, he can make every throw. He has an absolute cannon for an arm and uh the size overall is undeniable as far as bringing him down and and yeah i think he can be a good pocket passer and i think he also you know checks that dual threat box too it would simply be that is that if he flames out he was probably put into a situation that he wasn't either quite ready for or uh, asked too much of him too quick if that makes any sense and if he if you come back and somebody says oh man Richardson has completely blown up. Um, you know, obviously, it's probably because of the athleticism, the ability to run. I've, you know, Indianapolis would have to get him some weapons if they were to get him. But I wanted you to touch on this. Presumably, you would be happy for him because you kind of indicated there that he's a pretty decent guy. Uh, give me a story about Anthony Richardson that tells us a little bit something about him aside from his football talent. Gosh, it would be this. I, I, I never saw Anthony Richardson not take a moment, even on a bad day, to either spend time with a, a kid that wanted to, to either meet him, get his autograph, find some way to kind of touch and be awe, in, in awe of what he was. Whether it be, you know, here's this giant human being playing quarterback, or whether it was a hometown kid who, just like him in Gainesville, may playing in the swamp or for the Gators, and here's this guy in front of him and just wants a moment of his time. I never saw Anthony not take advantage of that opportunity to make a mark on a young person, uh, not to mention um, the care that he put into a lot of his teammates, whether they were struggling with something with mental health or if they were trying to recover from some kind of an injury. Anthony was always encouraging. And one of the cool things that I got to do with him this past year was I kind of felt like coming from the ESPN world and all that, I kind of knew what would be ahead for him. And I thought, wouldn't it be a good idea to work with him on his interview skills, have him more comfortable with being that guy that has to talk every day. And so on Fridays, I would kind of spend the morning with Anthony. We would record an interview for the pregame show. And yet I would get to see him kind of interact more in the locker room with his teammates, much like you would see in an NFL situation. In college football, no one goes in the locker room. You don't get that kind of a look, yet I was blessed to be able to have that opportunity to be with him in that situation. And so those are the kind of things, you know, on top of everything else that you hear about his background, his relationship with his mother and everything else that just played into who this young man is and the kind of person that he is, too. Sean, what's, uh, isn't there a story like him, um, like riding his bike with his little brother as a Gainesville native? They have a very close relationship, right? Yeah, I, I don't know the full extent of that story, so I can't elaborate a whole lot more on that. So I just know that you know this was this was a young guy that 
Um, probably his whole career was more gifted athletically than anybody else in town, but yet never acted that way or or put that in front of somebody's face in a negative way. So all those you know all those things I hear. Um, don't surprise me one bit. All right, final one. Again, Sean Kelly, voice of the Gators, with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You know, at the Masters this week, we were talking about kind of like bucket list sporting events. I've never been to an SEC football game. Um, should I put the world's largest cocktail party on the bucket list? Yeah, and, and, and here's why. Because I was exposed to it for the first time last year. For whatever reason, the ESPN, I, I don't know if it was, you know, Westwood had it or whatever, but as the lead guy for ESPN college football, I thought for sure I would get to go experience that game in Jacksonville. Well, it never happened. So last year was my first time and I can't get it out of my mind. When you come over the river, up over the bridge there into downtown Jacksonville and that whole scene opens up in front of you, it is the most crazy uh, packed tailgate scene I have ever seen in my college football career. Uh, It was a total free for all. And it's just this even mix of both Georgia fans and Florida fans. Um, And then you get into the building, and they've got the stadium split down the middle, much like OU Texas or Texas OU, depending on which camp you come from. But, you know, those those situations are more and more rare in college football. So I hope that you do put that on your bucket list because it was more impressive than I was told it would be. And uh, I was kind of – Cop-struck by the whole thing when I saw it for the first time. Are people just playing Leonard Skinner the whole time? That's what I think of in Jacksonville. Oh it, no, it's all over the map. It's everything from Leonard Skinner to you know Big Daddy and every. I mean, it's every kind of music. In fact, one of the kind of cool sights was you park in the parking lot and you're working your way toward the stadium, and everybody is. It is a full-on block party. Every parking space is a tailgate scene. In fact, one of the the fraternities. Had you know those those little flatbed trucks you can rent at the Home Depot for like yeah. what is it nineteen ninety five a day? They rented one of those trucks so they could put a DJ on top of it and use that as the center of their party. I mean, Let's go kind of resources, Sean. Resources, right? I mean, hey, look, it, it's what college is all about. Kids are yeah. smart in college. Now, do do the Florida fans? This is what I would find cool about it, Sean. Do the Georgia fans and Florida fans? kind of intermingle with one another and soak in the experience together and then go watch the game and then you know or is it like totally divided it's pretty divided there's not a whole lot of cross-pollination there between those two fan bases i mean there are exceptions but you know just like a lot of things with regard to football in the south friendly uh in the sense that brother might be uh against another brother's school or you may have one family marry into another but for the most part, there is a strict wearing of specific colors and uh, and who you associate with. There isn't much like these days between Florida and Georgia. It just means more. And having gone to the national title game here a few years ago, uh, it certainly means more in the SEC. Sean, great stuff, man. Hope uh, Mother Nature cooperates in Knoxville for you guys and uh, you get the weekend series in, but appreciate the time. Appreciate it. Great to talk to you guys, too. Thanks. Sean Kelly right Chomp, there. Chomp. The voice of the Gators. You know, we probably can wait until the draft pick happens, but I do think, and in Richardson's case, it's probably more of a debate how much you play him early. Yeah, well, I thought that was really – first off, that I'm much more like open-minded about Richardson now, but I think Sean made a good point there, though, of like, hey, you can't run the risk of him – being thrown in too early, right? And that's what Gardner Minshew's there for. You know, if, if he's the guy. And that's where it gets into this, Jake, like three or four year process then, right? If you sit him for a year, don't you think then he needs a year of just knockoff playing rust? 
So now you're already looking at year three, and it, it just it, it'll be a very interesting. How much do you think you can speed things up by throwing him into the fire? I mean, you don't want a Jordan Love situation, though, right? Where like a guy's just on the shelf for five years, and you have no idea how many cobwebs are there. Which again, you know, Minshew is not Roger, so I I, I don't think you'd necessarily have that. Totally, but I, yeah, I get that. It's just. Yeah, I think it's a really great debate to have of like how much can he learn from sitting and how much can he learn from playing. Whatever happened to Aaron Rodgers? Like, I haven't heard from him in like two weeks. That's unusual for him, right? Did they? I see the Jets signed his buddy yesterday to be the backup quarterback. I mean, he's got friends. Does anybody? Which again, I say backup. Like, does Zach anybody Wilson care done? at this point? Well, I think Jets fans and Packers fans care. He's going to play how long in New York? If he goes to the Jets, he plays there how long? I probably set the over under at a year and a half. I mean, once you become Favre as a Jet, okay. What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? Again, you look at the Jets last year. They had seven wins entering December and just fell off. If they get competent quarterback play, all of a sudden are they a playoff team. Mark, next week, Lair Overton going to join us, right? Because Mm -hmm. the next pick series is starting. So the Colts are going to do that, um, the the behind-the-scenes look into their draft process. I believe quarterback-related, they've shortened the series a bit. Certainly trying to be very close-minded when it comes to any public info, but they'll plenty still do of, uh, plenty something of, on that. Plenty of draft talk next week. We've got Lara Overton, Dane Brugler, Deontay Lee, so we've loaded. got it covered. It is crazy to think we're less than three weeks away. Mm-hmm. Jake, I've said it before. I think it's the most important, difficult decision the franchise has faced in Jim Mercer's ownership. Yeah, that's fair. Well... I just Hold think on. Manning, Hold Leaf, on. and Luck and RG3 were, the, were rather... I, I realize it's a little bit different, but under that parameter, Kevin, I would say the most difficult decision was how to handle the transition of Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Yeah, but wasn't that kind of a given with Luck sitting there? Uh, of course, but I mean, still, you... In hindsight, and I was 100,000% on board with having to release Peyton Manning. I, I totally get it. And I would probably do the same again. But in hindsight, I think it denied and deprived people of Indianapolis a lot of fun things. The Manning cast would be done from Pennsylvania Street. His kid would be getting ready to play at Park Tudor. He'd be around town all the time. In hindsight, you wish that could have gone differently. But I get it. So that was Sean Kelly again, voice of the Gators. Earlier this week, Dick Gabriel, some insight into Will Levis. And as Mark said, we'll continue the draft conversation coming up. Uh, next week as well. Um, so we'll see a pretty nice weekend here in Indy. Looks like a nice Friday. Uh, we'll update you on where things stand Masters-wise. One of the leaders is on the course through two holes here. We'll do that next. Kevin Aquary, 93. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 107.5 The Fan. It's pretty early in day two at Augusta National, but of the three that slept on the lead last night, one of them has pulled ahead by a shot. That would be Brooks Kepka. Uh, birdie in the second hole for Kepka. He is now eight under par. If you look at Kepka last year, Jake, he had an awful major season battling injuries. But mentioned this earlier. If there is someone on that live tour who could be, you know, rather obscure for the last 365 days and then get into that environment and show up and deliver and handle kind of all of the outside noise that comes with 
uh, being on live right now, uh, Kepka would be the guy. And did you say that he seems or does not seem like a decent dude? Um, I, I don't think he's been like a huge fan favorite. He's certainly not like a, you know, he doesn't have like the old Phil Mickelson soft side to him. But I, do I thought he did. Wasn't he the one that had like a, who am I thinking of that had like a young boy that was, had some challenges and met up with them and he like kind of took them under his wing. I thought that was Kepka. Boy, I, I, I could be dead wrong. I mean, if good friend of mine who played golf with Kepka in college and basically, you know, even back then he was always just kind of like, I'm bigger than the game of golf and I'm too big. For, I just do this because I'm good. I don't like it. He went to Europe initially, followed his girlfriend around playing soccer, got over there. I was like, yeah, I am pretty good at golf. I should keep trying to play golf. Uh, no, I think a lot of ego, a lot of swagger, which again, probably is what makes him so good. But, you know, Mark and I were chatting about it earlier. The full swing, the Netflix documentary on the PGA Tour. One of the main episodes was focused on Kepka, and I, I, I did think he sounded a bit humbled, Mark, if that's the right way to put it, by everything he had gone through and kind of having that alpha status taken away from him. Yeah, he was almost like searching for answers. He's like, I don't know what's going on. Like you could just, he was talking with his coach and everything like that. Like he's trying to get his swing down and all that, if I recall that correctly, and. Like, remember yeah. him, like, how is Scotty Scheffler this good? Yeah, like, he couldn't understand why he was... Why know, he wasn't that. He was watching Scheffler on the weekends, and he was at home because he missed the cutting and everything. It was which pretty I, fascinating. Which, now that I think about it, Mark, I think it was around the Masters, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. That episode was focused on last year's Masters, of course. So, right now, Brooks Kepka, eight under par. Later today, you'll have uh, Victor Hovland and John Rahm tee off. Again, Mother Nature this afternoon going to be in question. All right, final hour of the week coming up here. Kevin and Quarry, 93.5175, The Fan. I would like to know the weekend plans for both of you, although, Kevin, I have a feeling I know yours, right? Locked and loaded with the Masters, and um, if the Easter Bunny needs any help, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Mark, where are you road tripping this weekend? <laughs> we were actually heading up to my parents' house for the Easter weekend. My mom's doing a... Uh, Easter dinner and whatnot. Well, Easter lunch, more like it with the way Easter schedules work out. But brother's coming down from Milwaukee. We're going up from Indy, so should be fun. We're all getting together. First time we'll all be together since Christmas. So Nice. Doing that. And then uh, tonight we're going to bring our oldest, uh, just uh, Ashley and I are going to go bring our oldest to go see the Super Mario Brothers movie. She wants to go see it. So we're like, all right, let's bring you, leave the other two at Grandma and Grandpa's, and we'll go there's see a, a movie. a movie? Where have you been? Yes. The new animated movie. Looks good. I'm excited. Is What's she a big fan, or do you just assume she'll no, like she it? No, she is a big fan. Okay. She, uh, she likes the video games, that's, and she went as uh, Princess Peach's Halloween. Oh, sure. So, mm-hmm. Sure. Peach, always a great so Mario the, Kart driver. The Super Mario Brothers, uh-huh. I mean, I played a ton of it. Like, in 1988, when Nintendo came, 87, 88, Super Mario Brothers, Track and Field, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Those were, like, the three games just played an unbelievable amount of that but super mario brothers so it's it's mario and then there's uh luigi was correct one, right yep and they're brothers it's me luigi yep. man nothing gets past you <laughs> and they're and they're uh are they next thing plumbers? you know it's gonna be donkey kong plumbers, he's gonna name yeah. the animal for donkey kong so they're plumbers and then there's a princess that's being held captive mm-hmm. by bowser is that right yep. uh-huh man and they and they and then they trip on shrooms right well, well you, some would say that's what you're doing right now you could trip on toad if, if you watch yeah. out, you might hit Toad. Toad's kind of a smaller fella. 
Now, Toad's their friend or, or foe? Friend. Oh, I think friend. Okay. Part of the Mushroom Kingdom. Have you, I, I don't, honestly, Jake, you would probably love this. Mark, have you experienced um, the Children's Museum area where they have the old school video games next to the uh-huh. carousel? Yep. It's so funny. When I go there, it's literally all the adults sitting down and playing I'm Pong sure. and Super Mario Brothers yeah. and the Pac-Man. One game, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is the one that I would love. I mean, if I still had a working Nintendo with Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, I would play it all day long. Yeah. We went to Florida and they uh, we went with my sister-in-law and her family to this like it's like oh it's a fun kids place it's got like you know like a, a playground area and stuff and all that and inside there's this giant arcade and there's like 500 video games and there's like Mike Tyson's Punch Out Asteroids Contra all that's like oh my god now yeah. my daughter's like can said, we play video games I said absolutely somebody <laughs> said at Circle Center they have the Indy 500 game up there oh wow so I need because really? I, I oh I'm, I'm a ringer on that now guess a long line for that. The, the Mike Tyson's punch out, the other boxers were not necessarily politically correct, right? You had Piston Honda, you had Bald Bull, you had Soda Popinski. Um, who else am I missing here? Bald Bull, Soda Popinski, Piston Honda. I'm thinking Bull Bull. Glass Joe was the Glass first Joe's one. Glass Joe's the first one. Yeah. Who was the uh, gentleman? Von Kaiser. Von Kaiser, that was the German Don Flamenco, King Hippo, Great Tiger, Bald Bull. Great Tiger was the Indian fellow, right? Mr. Sandman, Uh Super Macho Man. Are you saying that wouldn't pass today? A few of those probably they'd have a problem with. Even Don Flamenco, who was at at the mall, does the Easter Bunny make as much money as Santa? Well, that's a good question. The Easter Bunny's in a different union. And so my understanding is the Easter Bunny, not as good a negotiator. I would think the Easter Bunny would be more difficult. That's got to be a hotter costume. I, there's not a costume, Kevin. It's well, a, just it's a hotter a environment, maybe. Some it's people a, probably have a thing for the costume, though. It could be hotter for some people. It's a, excuse me? I almost view it as kind of like the Easter Bunny's the 6 o'clock JV game and Santa's the varsity at 7.30. The Easter Bunny's got to work solo, though. He doesn't have elves. Right, uh, so he's pocketing a higher percentage of of the share, so that helps, right? But I would think I don't know. I mean, do do are kids more excited to meet Santa or to meet the Easter Bunny? Oh, oh, one thousand percent Santa. Santa is number Easter, one in the power. Easter rankings. Bunny is borderline scary. <laughs> Santa's number one in the power rankings for sure. At least in my house. Last year we had an issue where the Easter Bunny um, forgot where one of the golden eggs with un dollar in it forgot where that was hid and so of the grandchildren um not all of them received their golden eggs so it was quite the process to try and retrack the easter bunny steps you know it can be confusing if the easter bunny doesn't leave a map or you know maybe didn't have us didn't have a game had a pop or two when the i'm about to think easter bunny's cool right well, it depends. You can get some pretty frightening okay, best, Easter bunnies. Best Easter basket candy. It's still probably the East, the Reese's egg. It's got to be the egg. Cadbury cream egg, right? It's, it's certainly not a peep. How about the Robin well, the Cadbury eggs? people haven't even updated their commercial in 30 years, so the, I don't know how much they're bringing in. How about the Robin eggs? Oh, no, thank you. I, I would go you Reese's you like egg Whoppers? and then Cadbury. No, I don't like Whoppers. In that order. How was it? Reese's what? Just the Reese's egg. Yeah. Okay, That's har- number one, like all holidays. I feel like hard-boiled eggs. You do or don't eat them. No, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you there. Not a fan. Uh, brisk, 
Brooks Kepka on the third hole currently with quite the par save there. So he maintains his one shot lead early on. Again, Kepka never has not won a Masters. Um, his major run pretty darn impressive a few years ago though. Um, so we'll see if Brooks Kepka can get it done and how much Mother Nature impacts some Which things. Which day this do you think the fatigue really starts to kick in? I mean, you're playing 18 holes for four straight days, right? I mean, th- obviously Sunday, you're probably pretty worn down, but which day do you think it really, like, you start to feel it? Yeah, I mean, again, physically, I do think it is a pretty st- strenuous walk. I don't want to act like you're just literally, you know, hands on knees coming up the 17th right. hole on Saturday. I would say more of a mental grind probably hits you as the week moves along. But this is going to be a pretty unprecedented Masters in the sense of I think rain is going to dominate the storyline here over the next 48 hours or so so that becomes are you playing you know more holes in a day Uh, but you aren't going to have the you know fiery augusta national and by that it you know rock hard and the balls are carom and you have less control of your ball on the ground you know i recall john daly the 91 pga is my favorite golf tournament just because it's nostalgic for me because it was so bizarre there was so much anticipation for Crooked Stick to host the PGA, and that was unusual, Kevin. I mean, for Indianapolis to – we'd had the Final Four in 91. We, we were not used to big events. It's a, it's different than now. Yeah. And for the PGA to be held at Crooked Stick was, you know, so bizarre. But it was also – I was – it was the week that I left for my freshman year of college. So I'm sitting in – you know, a room in Lawrence, Kansas, watching everything taking place in Carmel, Indiana. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's my home. But but the fact that it was John Daly and the, the famous walk that John Daly's making up 18, the crowd's going crazy and he's pumping his fist. And I mean, nobody, literally, no one had heard of that guy a week prior, ever, right? I yeah, mean, it's, it's quite something. the Cinderella story. And honestly, it's something that people still even talk about to this How day. How many majors did like, he end up winning? Just two, right? That and a British? I think that's right. Mark, maybe you can look that up. I think just the 95 British for daily. Um, but Jake, you know, I don't think anybody remembers the 88 PGA or the 94 PGA. Right, right. You know, the fact that you know, daily was such a Cinderella story and then obviously quite the personality. And Does he post up at that Hooters in Augusta all week long? Doesn't his kid have a Hooters sponsorship? Yeah, Arkansas, NIL deal. That'd be great if his kid got to be good. That'd is be it, good for the game of golf. Is he not great? Well, I mean, obviously, there, I think there's just different levels. Arkansas, I believe, has a player in the Masters, um, but I don't know if he's like at that level just yet. Now, I looked at a list that says that there's not a single person from Indiana that's a member of Augusta National. Does that surprise you? Well, I guess Peyton wouldn't qualify, would he? Correct. Uh, n- not really. Do they have a list of who all is in the club? Yeah. Really? I mean, not. I don't know that it has seems every uber name. secretive to me. Uh, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Peyton Manning. I mean, it's kind of a who's who of who you'd think, right? Uh, I assume a heavy percentage of Georgians. There's a lot from Georgia. Uh, you know what? I mean, yes, yeah, a lot of Southern states. Didn't McAfee play with Peyton at Augusta a few weeks ago? Really? Can if you're a member, can you just take guests? Yeah, I don't know the exact restrictions on that. I still can't believe Zach Kiefer played it. I'm so jealous. I was going to say, that seems to... And I've heard the story like 13 times now, and I was probably done with it after about three. (laughs) Is that bad of me? 
Uh, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, T. Boone Pickens, Pete Coors, Jack Welch. T. Boone, Sen- he's a big Oklahoma US Sen- State guy. Correct. U.S. Senator Sam Nunn. Ken Nunn? Uh, that too, yeah. Um, two former U.S. Secretaries of State's. One guy's 100 years old, so there'll be a spot opening up here soon, right? Oh, is that not Tiger? <laughs> um, let's see. Three members of the Yates family. I mean, it's... There have been attempts in the past by the major news organizations to compile full or at least lengthy Augusta national membership roles. But if you look from 2010, there was a list, fairly elaborate list, Put together by Bleacher Report. It does not have anybody from Indiana. A lot from Connecticut and California. A lot from Florida. Do you remember the story of Reagan almost getting assassinated there in 81? Really? Yeah, it was kind of a crazy story. I think I think the um, the person like got into the clubhouse. Reagan was on the course, wanted to talk with him. Um, I think somebody in the clubhouse like, tried to put him in contact through Secret Service. Yeah, it was a crazy story. Obviously never happened, but... Well, we certainly know what happened with Reagan right. in 81 and, right. you know, when the night that Indiana and North Carolina played in the national championship game. Uh, do you have any rooting interest, any of these storylines that you like? Do you like the Kepka storyline? Or do you want a Scotty Scheffler back-to-back? I, I just think, or, the, uh, I think the live storyline is interesting. You know, those guys and, and what, you know, um, there are some things about it to me that are interesting, but. Jordan Spieth, I've always kind of liked. Yeah, I like Spieth. You know, I mean, he's a likable guy that, that at one point... I think he has a brother that was at Princeton for a minute. There, there are two guys that I think of that seemed to, like, burst onto the scene and go away with an equal breath. One is Jordan Spieth. I'm not saying he's off the radar, but I mean, there was a time there where it was like he, he just seemed totally in the zone. And then the other one... Honestly, and this is going on the way back here, but David Duvall. You remember when David Duvall was like the one guy sure. that could kind of hang with Tiger? And like, what happened to him? I mean, I don't even know. Is he around? Uh, he was doing some analyst role uh, for the Golf Channel, if I'm not mistaken, at, at one point. But again, Jake, we talked about this earlier in the week. Guys born at the wrong time. David Duvall. You're right. Totally. Because, I mean, and... He was the number one player in the world when Tiger... You know, yeah. won his first Masters, and then... Remember he got shredded, too? He was, like, massive. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was that um, part of Duvall's career. Final Pacers home game tonight. It will be the Pistons inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse, so that will be Jaden Ivey um, against Benedict Matherin. That was a fun matchup to watch way back early in the season. Uh, Ivey did not play in the two meetings in Detroit due to, I think it was COVID. Uh, but, yeah, the Pacers will wrap up their home slate of games tonight. I, you know... The NBA right now, I mean, there are a lot of people resting and, and sitting out and not risking injury, whatever else. Who knows what, who all you're going to be seeing play there. But it does feel like, Kevin, so the Pacers' years come to an end. It seems like a fast season, number one. But number two, considering the lack of wins, it does feel like it was – a more entertaining or a more relevant season than what you would expect from a 34-win team. And I think it's just because... I'm not going to say people are excited per se, but people are interested in what they do, right? And where they go from here. I mean, I would call it a roaring success, Jake. 
the this season. And for me, uh, a huge part of it is the fact that you know, Halliburton and, and he made the all-star jump. Matherin showed you he could score at an NBA level, and you've maintained your lottery pick. But even from an on-the-court team win-loss standpoint, you had a lot of just like great moments too. I mean, think about the Nemhard game winner over LeBron in LA. Um, I think back to right around Christmas when they won consecutive road games in Boston, in Miami. Talk about something that you don't typically do. They finally ended those long road uh, road losing streaks in Toronto, in Milwaukee. So you had this balance of you still maintain like the the long term point of view, but yet in the here and now. A season ago, when you lost whatever it was, four of 22 games decided by five points or less. Right. Um, or you won, I should say, only four of those 22 games that were um, you know, close games. This year, you've had a lot better success in those moments. And again, Halliburton, I think, has shown you not only can he be an all-star, he can be a bit of a closer. And as you start to project forward and you think about this team in May of 2024, you think about them in the playoffs, or certainly in April. Um, so I think that is promising as well. I, I'm curious to know, like three years from now when we look at it and the Pacers are, and I think this is entirely possible, you know, three years from now when the Pacers are 50 and 32 and they're the three seed in the East, is Benedict Matherin their second best player in that scenario? Or is he a really solid number four scorer for them? Boy, if he's your number four scorer, I think you are going to be an incredible team. No, I mean, I agree with that. Um I mean, the guy came off the bench and averaged, what, 16, 17 yeah. a game this year? Yeah. So if you obviously. But that's also when, you know, he's getting a lot of looks for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's not going to get as many, I guess, touches, but at the same time, he's going to get more minutes. Um, I just look at it as you need another major hit in the lottery. You need another major hit from that 3 4 position. And if those two can be complement, if Matherin and that guy can be a complementary piece to Tyrese Halliburton leading it, I think you've got a team that can make some Eastern Conference runs. And, and I guess that this is probably a bigger question, Jake. We could, you know, maybe have next week when the season is officially over. But what do Pacers fans want? I am of the thinking, Jake, that I want to see a team that tries to get back to what you had in the early two thousands, what you had in twenty twelve and twenty thirteen. Like you can be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference making a run to you're a game away from the finals. You're two games away from the finals. You got to the finals. The, I'd rather have that than just annual make the playoffs and you lose in round one. Right. And that's why I think this season was so important in that you saw individual growth, but you also maintained that lottery pick. And now we'll find out where that lottery pick is going to fall. And they're going to have two picks in the 20s and maybe another pick early in the second round and package those deals. I don't know. Maybe you move up to number four or something like that. And see if you can come away with another really, really important piece. Uh, by the way, Stephanie Mead, her last day today on Wish TV, um, who I guess is our television partner, right? Uh, Mark, you said she had tweeted the show once? Yeah, when we had PBR and uh, and Donuts. She said, you guys are doing that at work? I thought, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin won his 31 pace. She didn't bet. mention me with my shirt off by any... Uh, I, that no, didn't I sneak in the tweet. Was... Maybe she'd have enough characters yeah. in the tweet to get that. Yeah. Yeah, just eye emojis. Mm-hmm. Well, she is on yeah. her way to uh, Motman Land. This is a big game for her tonight. Detroit. Then. That's right. So do we just like give her away at the end of the game? Out with the old and with the new. That's what she actually, I think she um, gets on the charter with the Pistons, and that's how she gets back. Pistons coached by Raptors guy, Dwayne Casey. 
So Dwayne Casey, right. born in Indianapolis, by the way. Really? Yep. How about that? Any Steve? schooling here? No, he moved to Kentucky at a very young age. But Mark, what do we do on this program? We educate and entertain. <laughs> I was trying. To Have get... we done the latter lately? I begs begs to be questioned. I was trying to get the um, schooling of Micah Shrewsbury. He was a Jeffersonville native before his dad got. Was it Bart Peterson's chief of? I think that's right. Deputy mayor, yeah. chief of. I don't know the exact city council and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, before coming up here to go to St. Matthew and then Cathedral and then Hanover. You ever been to Hanover? Oh, Kev, my sister went to Hanover. Really? I thought she went to Evansville. Well, my oldest sister went to Evansville. My middle sister, Megan, went to Hanover. Got it. When I was, uh, Megan was a senior at Hanover when I was a freshman in college, but then um, my buddies Hillary and Matt Jacklin both went to Hanover. Kai Steffi went to Hanover. Oh, wow. Josh Upman went to Hanover. Josh Hammond went to Hanover. Andy Burt went to Hanover. Cooper Sinclair went to Hanover. So I'm guessing about all these people. Going there, you've been a uh, ton. We when I was at IU, we went to Hanover probably once a month. I went to weekends at Hanover. Um, we'd go to is it Hinkle's, the burger place? Well, Hinkle's Pride in, is Hinkle's the, in Bloomington, right? Um, is there a Hinkle's in Bloomington? Yeah, pretty iconic. Pride is the grocery store that's open that used to be open twenty four hours. You can get them to make you a sandwich right off campus. Have you been to Hanover? No, I I just didn't know. Do you jump at the Ohio River? Uh, it's isn't there a casino close by? Yes, the casino would be close, somewhat close. There's a casino in, I think it's, is it Argosy Casino? We used to say there in Sparta, Kentucky, right across the water. Uh, there's probably one now, I would imagine, like in Madison. But I had a, had a lot of great memories in Hanover. Ton. I drove one time from Jasper to Dayton, Ohio, and went through Kentucky. Boy, that Kentucky Speedway is massive and just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And now is used as a parking facility for Amazon cars. Really? Yep. They're 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 can leasing we, out the parking lots. Can we do an oval there or no? Uh, you're not the only one to ask that. Problem is, last time that IndyCar went there, there were like five thousand people there. That, you know, and, and it's there's a lot of really? politics within the ownership groups. Speaking of um, attendance, did you see the um, local TV markets for the NCA men's tournament? I'm going to guess. So these are the markets where the highest television numbers were recorded. Yeah. Uh huh. Do they make sense? Let me ask you that. Oh, without. I mean, there's a massive trend. Miami. No. New York City. No. Houston. No. Okay, I'm doing um, well. Go ahead. The massive trend was just Midwest, Midwest, Midwest. Yeah, that does surprise Louisville, me. Cincy, Indy, Kansas City, Knoxville, Birmingham, Dayton, Columbus. And then to round it out was Hartford, which obviously checks with UConn. But yeah, I mean, just total Midwest. Flavor. Columbus and St. Louis are funny because they're always mentioned. They're always listed in the top market. And Portland, Oregon as well. Columbus, Cincinnati, and Portland, and St. Louis, and Portland, Oregon. Those four are always really high on the Indianapolis 500 television ratings. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I've seen those similar markets up there. Why? Good I question. Guess there's a race in Portland, is there not? Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, I don't know, though. I don't know why that city, as opposed to, you know, Seattle or San Francisco or whatever else. I don't know. 
Freebie Friday for the Pop Quiz coming up in a few. So give us a call, 317-239-1070. Until then, morning check down. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Uh, Yesterday, Major League Baseball, the big winner was Mother Nature. Raining out Cincinnati and Philadelphia. Raining out Miami and the Mets. Raining out the Yankees and the cute fella. Raining out Houston and Minnesota. But a lot of sunshine on the Indianapolis Indians because they were able to sweep a doubleheader from the Louisville Bats. Buddy's buddy is despondent. 5-3 and 1-0. The two games yesterday for the Indians. Elsewhere that was their first in the games, two wins that were of the season wasn't it? What's that? Those was their first two wins of the season. I think season? that's right. Yeah, yeah. they started zero four. I think uh, the games that were played it was the Red Sox over the Tigers six three, Toronto over Kansas City by the same score, Atlanta over San Diego seven six, Dodgers a five two winner over Mark's Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Rockies one nothing over the Washington Nationals. Can you say hmm. that on air, Mark? What are we doing, Mark? Swish, swoosh. Tonight, inside of Gamebridge Field, House, we'll see how many of those occur. Uh, Pacers and Pistons, the final home game. So, number 41 of the year for the Pacers. They will take on Jay Nivey and the Pistons. Again, tank standings is the watch right now. The Pacers are tied Kevin with... Kevin what's your name? Is Mark on there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my mic is off. <laughs> now, Mark's always getting on me about when my mic's on or off. And I he's think had maybe, a real struggle. To, I'm the one that's I wacky the on the shingles jump. vaccine have, has gotten to Mark. That's right. Maybe a little Skipped bit Skipped over here. to Mark. Uh, the Pacers right now tied with the Wizards and the Magic. 6, 7, and 8 in that draft order. Portland is just a game up. So that will involve a lot of scoreboard watching to see exactly where the Pacers are going to fall in the lottery odds coming up here. Do we do shortly. one last tankathon before the season comes to an end? One last tankathon. All right, here we go. So again, tied 6, 7, 8 right now from a percentage standpoint. Okay. With the ninth pick oh, boy, in the be- 2023 NBA Tankathon mock draft, the Indiana Pacers select Grady Dick from the University of what? Kansas. Is that how we're going out with the ninth pick? It's the you last time. Can we do one more just to be safe? I think you need to. There's been times where he's pressed it once and it's been Webinyama. With the second pick okay, that's better. in the 2023 NBA mock draft, the Indiana Pacers select Brandon Miller from the University of Alabama. That also has, by the way, Jalen Hood Shafino, 18th to Houston. Trace Jackson Davis, 33rd to the San Antonio Spurs, one spot behind the Pacers. And Zach Eady in the mix, 47th to the L.A. Lakers. Still waiting on official word one way or the other on Zach Eady, whether he's going to return to West Lafayette or... I like how Mark wasn't pleased with Grady Dick out of Kansas. I just think if that was the last tankathon, you can't leave the... Just keep on pressing the button until we make people happy, right? You can't leave the audience with ninth. That's a sour taste. So Brandon Miller, um, everything's good on that front? Well, I mean, depending on who you ask, right? Uh, listeners texted, if we draft Grady Dick, move the team to Louisville. Okay. He can play, man. Yeah, I watched him pretty closely. He's pretty he, good um, against IU earlier this year. Yeah, he's a good player, but he, he sulks a little bit defensively from time to time. Uh, hopefully no sulking coming up on the Freebie Friday pop quiz. 317-239-1070. Jiffy Lubo. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love. Hanging with friends who lift you up 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Change uh, coming at you. Have you studied? Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the pop quiz with Kevin and Query. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. All right, it's a freebie Friday on the pop quiz to close out the week. Uh, Jake, your thoughts on this pop quiz? Scotty has kind of a smug look on his face today. Typically, that means it's not good news for somebody. I'm getting an oil change for free. So it's the good point. Most combination of golf and hockey questions I've ever seen on a pop quiz, Scotty. We, we've struggled with some of the pronunciations this week. We? Uh, yes, yeah, I we. Will, I, I will raise my hand. Yeah, certainly. Uh, this one's pretty doable. Pretty doable. Uh, two three nine ten seventy. As Mark said, Jiffy Lube oil change coming your way, no matter what you do on today's pop quiz. Jake, a number one through eight. Two. Two ah is who? Philip. Philip. Uh, hey, good morning, guys. Philip, you sound like a nice guy. Are you wide awake? Uh, I am. I'm back at work already. Okay. And what line of work are you in, Philip? Uh, I do uh, fire suppression. Hmm. Fire suppression? Does that mean you're a firefighter? Pardon my naivete. No, it's uh, like uh, kitchen suppression systems. Oh, okay. Fair gotcha. And, and when you say back at work, was it overnight or just back for the day? Or, um, Yeah, I worked overnight and back at it this morning. Wow. Good for you. Burning that oil, man. Are you cheering for Philip Mickelson this week in the Masters? Uh, you can't burn the oil. Yeah, you're I'm suppressing not, it. Not, not a big Phil, Phil guy. Yeah, well, you and I have that in common. Philip, who was president of the United States the year you were born? Wow. Um, I have no idea. It was 86. <laughs> That's pretty tough to remember the Ronald Reagan, who's hardly talked about years. Uh, Ronald Reagan would be correct. So you, you obviously have not had your shingles vaccination because you're not 50 yet, right? No, sir. Yeah, it's trust me. Believe you me, Philip. Philip, would you rather hang out at the He's Easter Bunny cloudy. or Santa Claus? Uh, Santa Claus, for sure. Would you rather hang out with Kevin or Quarry? Oof. You always do uh, this to people. Aren't we a team here? Man, <laughs> you guys are both what about pretty Mark? awesome. Uh, but I kind of like all the random fun facts. So you'd rather hang out with Mark? Uh, I don't know, man. You know, Philip, people tell me I'm folksy. They, they, that's what they say to me. They just say that I'm folksy. Would you agree with that? I, I would agree with that. Okay, good. Philip, and, and you know hanging out with him means you don't get a lot of words in. <laughs> uh, Philip, as a graduate in roughly 2004 from high school, that would be from what school? Uh, New Palestine okay. Elementary. 
New Palestine Elementary, New Palestine High School. And, and you, uh, how often do you eat at the Frosty Boy? Um, maybe uh, three or four times a year. Okay, That's about it. All right. Would you like for me? That would be the folksy Jake to lead you off with question number one, or would you like for the more rigid Kevin to lead you off? Let's go with Kevin. All right. Yeah, rigid. Did he say rigid? <laughs> I don't know if that was a compliment. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's what Philip claims. Uh, I don't think Philip said that. Uh, Philip, number one, he insinuated round it. two of the Masters going on today in Augusta. Which of the following is not a leader after yesterday's opening round? Brooks Kepka, Cameron Young, Victor Hovland, or John Rahm? Um, this guy wears a big NLB patch on his clothing. Hits it a country mile. I know Kepler, or uh, I know he's leading right now. Uh, Rom, I think, was in second, and I can't remember the other guy. Who, it, who was it? If it's not old, then it's what? New. Okay. He's your buddy, Jake. Move on to number two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number two for you, Philip. By the way, if, if for some reason after this performance of this show that we've had this morning where I'm wacky on the junk from the vaccine, um, if we're, if we're going to get fired, can you come in here and suppress that for us? Is that possible? <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, question number two. Tiger Woods finished the first round at two over and enters the second round tied for 54th. Should Tiger make the cut, he would tie the record for most Masters cuts made in a row with 23. Whose record would he tie? whose last name might have been, you know, a nickname of me in college. Jack Nicholas, Ben Hogan, Raymond Floyd, or Gary Player? Oh, man. Uh, let's go with the player guy, I guess. Okay. God. All right, number three here, Philip. The Bruins won last night, pushing their win total to 61 and their point total to 127. The 61 wins is one behind the 95-96 Red Wings and the 18-19 Tampa Bay Lightning for the most in NHL history. The 127 points is five behind the record. Who holds the NHL record of 132 points in a season? A, the Red Wings. B, the Lightning. C, the Canadians. D, the Penguins. Uh, Let's go with the Penguins. Okay, question four for you, Philip. College hockey's Frozen Four gets underway today in Tampa because nothing says Frozen Four like Tampa, Florida. Name one of the four schools playing in the 2023 Frozen Four. I will tell you, two of them are in the Big Ten. One of them is coached by a Dunleavy who gave me a hat for the school because the letter of the school is the same as the first letter of my last name. And the other one happens to be in Beantown. So can you name any of the four schools? Uh, I think I remember you talking about this hat like five months ago. I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea. Want to take a stab at the two Big Ten schools? If if one of these schools wins, not the Big Ten school, but if one of the schools wins... What state is known for hockey in the Big Ten? People at Cheers will be celebrating. Man, I don't know. I'm not a hockey guy at all. He knows Cheers. There's no way. Are you familiar with the TV show Cheers, Philip? Mm, man, not I really. Not, I mean, like, I know no, it's 86, not he's not familiar Wait, with Cheers. You're not familiar with Cheers. Norm? <laughs> no. Norm from yeah. Cheers. That was on yeah. like when he was born. But Mark, what year were you born? 85. <laughs> do you know about it? I know of How Cheers. How do you know about it? Because I've heard of it, but okay. I, don't know, I don't know references to it too well. 
Okay. I've never watched a full episode. Well, I, nor have I. But, oh, like, that's... anytime I watch a Celtics game, they reference Philip, Cheers. what state has the most lakes? Uh, Michigan. Do your impression, Jake. What's that? Of the other Big Ten school. Uh, do I have an impression? Yeah, oh, come on. Oh, yeah. Uh, 80 years ago today, the NFL pop released quiz. <laughs> His pop quiz is going swimmingly well. Uh, I thought it was my turn. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, 80 years ago today, <laughs> the NFL released a list of rule changes for the 1943 season. Which of the following rule changes was not announced on April 7th, 1943? God, what a question. Uh, oh a, the God. free substitute. I apologize, Philip. Uh, at least you get a free Jiffy Lube Bowl change. A, the free substitution rule, eliminating substitution restrictions. B, offensive pass interference committed in the opponent's end zone because of distance Go with that penalty, one. Just go with that one. Rather than an automatic touchback. C, helmets are made necessary. Or D, the schedule's increased to 10 games. Who on earth would know this? <laughs> I thought you said you thought it was easy, Jake. Oh, whatever, B. <laughs> You know, the Brady Bunch was 1972, the year I was born, and I'm familiar, Mark, with the Brady Bunch. Well, that's fine. I'm just saying I'm saying if you're referencing, like, I don't know what that Cheers was in Boston. I didn't know that. Scotty, am I out of line here in assuming that people would know that, that like, I, if you... I, I think you, you tend to have the think that everyone has your historic brain and just but if not you go everybody to, does. But if you ever go to the city of Boston, like, it's like one of the the three biggest, like, still tourist destinations in Boston. Like the, the the Cheers bar, it's a it's a famous bar in Boston. Cheers. I mean, even still, like it was not on my list when I went to Boston to look at. Okay. I probably didn't know it was there. I should do a, a Twitter survey on this. Like, like I know Norm, like I know that, but I right? I don't know like the bar location or. Have you heard of Cliff Clavin? I mean, I've heard the name. I don't I'm know what, he's, what what the reference is to. Okay. All right. Uh, Are we showing our age here? I'm probably showing my age, but I'm just saying. I, I mean, I just think like when you if you watch, I, I don't fault Philip for not having the cheers. Like if you watch a Patriots game, uh, it, seemingly they like any Monday Night Football game that the Patriots are playing, they do a bounce back of showing cheers. Like Hoosiers, Hoosiers came out in 1986, right? But they still reference Hickory and and Hinkle Fieldhouse anytime a game is played in Indianapolis. It's kind of the same thing. Okay, in my opinion. All right, uh, Philip. Uh, wow. Yeah, I guess give you congrats for making it through that pop quiz. That was quite the uh, pop quiz there. Uh, number one, uh, he said new, correct? Um, no, Cameron Young. You blew it! Was two the only one he got right? Player? You don't get to come back tomorrow. I you think don't it even was. get a lousy um, copy of our home game. The Canadians. You're a complete most points in a season, 76-77. The four Frozen Four participants, Boston U, Michigan, Minnesota, Quinnipiac. Uh, is, is that due to Tampa, like the lightning success, why they have it in Tampa? I would assume so, right? I, I That was odd to me. That's not an annual thing, right? The, the, obviously, it must be like the Final Four. They move yeah. it around, right? Uh, and then number five was just a just a horrific question. I think as far as the appearance. Cheers thing too, like at oh, our geez, age, are we going back to Cheers? Well, I'm just saying, you're at our age, you're watching whatever your parents were watching. So if our parents weren't watching Cheers, our knowledge of it probably isn't that great. You know what I mean? But I just, again, I think it's okay. Are you familiar with All in the Family? Have you heard of Archie Bunker? Familiar with it? Yeah, yeah, you've heard of it, right? Mm-hmm. 
maybe I'm just, I don't know, maybe I just assumed, but the city of Boston, Cheers is a kind of like how the Cubby Bear is known as a bar in Chicago. I, I just have always assumed that people think of Cheers as a bar in Boston because of the TV show, notably, but also you just see people like on Facebook, you see people that are like, they're in Boston, so they take a picture out in front of the Cheers sign in Boston. Yeah, I think like the very few things times I've seen Cheers, I've never seen like a Boston like Red Sox pennant or something in the background or whatever, so I never associated it. I always just well, thought the, it was kind of like... Sam, Sam Malone, the bar, I've never watched the show at all. I okay. thought it was terrible, but the bartender of the show played for the Red Sox. Yeah. Woody yeah, Harrelson, know. like Woody, Woody from Cheers, you're not... That doesn't I, ring a bell. I know that I know he was on there. I know th- I know the very surface level of Cheers, but I don't even know like yeah location or anything like that. I think we'll put the Cheers conversation to rest. No, here. we're, we're going to lead do a full hour That's on Monday right. with uh, one final break to close out the week. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Uh, I missed the chorus there. No, I didn't miss it. It just hasn't come yet. Well, but I mean, in in the actual... Yeah. Now you know this song, right? Yeah, I know this theme song. Are we still arguing about this? <laughs> I'm just telling you, I know surface level cheers. I don't know much past that. Kevin and I, I think, are in the same boat. I just think, Jake, honestly, it's probably more of a compliment to you that you have such a great brain that's able to know all these things, and not everybody else does. Again, the TV Especially show. Especially from an age standpoint. The TV show, sure, but I just. Maybe it's because I'm well traveled. But like when you go to Boston, like Cheers is a thing still to this day. I mean, it's a it's a historic bar in Boston, Massachusetts. Cheers. That's why they did a TV show out of it. The bar was there before the TV show, so it's beyond just the TV show. I never watched a TV show. I thought it was stupid to be honest with you. Your weekend plans? Uh, apparently today it's going to be sleeping. Um, outside of that, nothing really. I go next weekend to Long Beach, so. Um, that's probably always nice a fun to be trip. home. Long Beach is the best. So it's nice to be home. So um, Long Beach and Barber, right? The rest of the month? Correct. Correct. And so, yeah, the next couple of Mondays after the, this, this is the last Monday you guys will have normal me. Because for whatever reason, Barber is a, I think it's a three o'clock start. So the race will end about six. Is that unusual? Yeah, it's usually like a noon race, I think. Kind of makes it tough for people to get back, right? Because you're leaving at six. Most people probably drive down for the race. Obviously, you're. They are thinking more of what time slot is NBC going to give us. Yeah, well, that's absolutely the. What determines it? Yeah. Yeah, crazy to think. You know, less than three weeks away from draft, less than two months away from the Indianapolis 500. Again, Brooks Kepka, um, one under par through five holes, so he is now at eight under. Second round of the Masters, Victor Hovland teeing off a little bit after lunchtime, John Rahm a little bit after that. Um, So we still have some time to wait for on other leaders. Um, And weather going to be a bit dicey this weekend at Augusta National. Um, 
I assume, you know, Sunday, it, it is pretty cool. Like, my family loves golf. My dad and my sister notably love golf. So I can assure you that Easter Sunday, I should have mentioned that when you said, what are the plans this weekend? We're going to my parents' house at 5 on Sunday. And that'll probably be right about the time that somebody's coming down the 18th, right? Well, certainly, weather permitting, you know, what is different about the Masters than other PJ Tour events, other majors, there's only 88 players in the field. So, um, that is a far cry from you know 140, 150 at other tournaments. So they have less guys to get through. Of course, you'll have a cut coming up at some point here. Uh, hopefully by the end of today, but if not, you know, early tomorrow. It just it looks like tomorrow could be just a total washout, or at least rain all day. We'll see how much they can play at Augusta without lightning. Of course, you know it's I think pretty well known just all the sub air systems at Augusta National and. They don't mess around, so their ability to get water off the golf course, uh, they can probably do it better than any course in the country. So, here's a dumb question. Is Augusta National... I mean, you can only play it if you're a member, right? So, are there like days in the summer where just nobody signs up and it's just closed? Because there's only 300 members. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it is closed in the summer. Their months of operation are winter. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the case. I mean, I wonder what the overall revenue stream is just to keep it like looking like it does. You know what I mean? Well, I think certainly a huge part of it is what they're able to produce this week. Oh, yeah. You know, from a merchandise yeah. standpoint. Well, from can a you imagine what a membership probably costs, though? Yeah, it's it's like 40000 it, it, annually, isn't it? Oh, I think it's... More than that? Yeah. It's got to be more than that. It's, it's, it's rather stupid and rather... Um, snobby, well, frankly, just the exclusivity. You of it. know the the golf club or the golf course. I'm sure I told you guys this that I've that I've kind of become a, a regular at is the Palo Alto Hills Resort mm-hmm. and Golf Club. I told you about that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's where I went into open September 15th, Augusta. Okay, Palo Alto uh, Hills and Resort Golf Club. I've got a couple towels from there and. You know, just went in, made myself at home on my way to a red eye in San Francisco. Stopped off. Got some pen seekers. Got a steam, yeah. <laughs> got a shave. It's great. The Mark, pimento cheese And that thing's like hundred grand a year. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. The p- pimento cheese sandwich purchases alone pay for the azaleas. So. I would think that... Last the, night at 20 Tap, I almost got pimento mac and cheese. Oh. Thought about it. Decided to hold off. I, I would think that Augusta National would be 40000 a month. Honestly, I, I honestly, yeah, I would say membership dues are um, rather out there, a little bit different than joining. You know, insert your Hillcrest Country okay. Club. Yeah, it says initiation Woodland fee is a one-time Club. charge ranging between twenty thousand to forty thousand, and the monthly dues range from three hundred to four thousand annually. How do you get three hundred annually? That's I, I can't believe it's that inexpensive. It's the most uh, elite think, and, and exclusive club in the country. And, and I, I think, think you go that through the venting, vetting process is so thorough. Yeah, that is the thing. You are not just simply saying, oh, yeah, here's my resume. I want to join. It, where's the waiting list? You know, I think these memberships are passed on. And, like, who, well, who makes heard, a nomination? Well, I've always heard that if you ask to join, like, you automatically, like, nope. Like, yeah, you're not, you're not going on any sort of waiting to list. You to to join. Whatsoever. $30,000... Hundred to three hundred thousand is your initiation. Dues are thirty thousand annually. Yeah, that's still way lower than I would have guessed. 
I would have guessed it's three hundred grand a year and a million up front. But you know, the other process is to, does does someone have to drop off before you can then be asked to be a member? Or you know, pass away or just I mean, I can't imagine anybody like doesn't renew their membership. Yeah, I think there are a lot of questions too about could they potentially expand? Um, there's been some talk about building a second golf course. What would that be used for? Would it be similar to Augusta? Uh, you know, they have this women's amateur tournament they've done for about the last handful of years. Um, it, it's just a very unique, obviously, course. And then the broadcast of it. You know, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. When you get on the weekends, you'll have 56 minutes per hour of broadcast. They, now, they, they do not, I mean, there's no corporate feel to the Masters. Can can an average person just driving through just go in and get a tour? No. Like if you and I were on a road trip, can we just pull into? Uh, no. I, I, I'm almost assured that that's a no. Magnolia Lane would be the entrance that I think you will be turned away. At the gate, Bob Kravitz, I thought, had a great line in a column a few years ago about it would be like putting Augusta National at 38th and Shadeland. What do you mean, like? That's what the the the, the town of Augusta, Georgia, feels like around this place. Really? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we parked in a shopping center one year. Um, they did buy some land for an actual like kind of parking field, but um, it's probably a whole commentary we could do about something like that. You know what I mean? It, certainly. I mean, don't think this is glitz and glamour around the property. It's not that at all. Not that at all. But the land is very unique, and as they built it. Interesting. Good I luck had no to idea the, that part. Good luck to the Easter Bunny. Glad to hear the weather will cooperate uh, for him or her. Mark, safe travels. Thank you. You guys uh, as well. I know you're staying more local, but still. And then, uh, Jake, you're going to be in the building tonight for the final home game? I, I'm not going to be there, actually. Um and I know better to now than to say cheers to you guys for the weekend. <laughs> I'm binging season one when I get home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to make Ashley drive, and you're just going to watch on yeah. the car ride up there. Uh, it's supposed to be beautiful all weekend long, and especially next week as well. So um, everybody have a wonderful weekend. Um, I will close out with Jason Day. We'll don the green jacket. I will go with Cameron Young. Mark? Still saying Rory. Scotty? he makes a change. Hovland! Hovland. Oh. Scotty, I've got a nice, nice wager on Mr. Hovland and Mr. Day as well. I like uh, Jason Day going off early this morning. Um, I think that will be the better wave. You have to like Cameron Young, Jake, because you know he's the MLB guy. He is? Yeah, Rob Manfred was um, a member at um, Cameron Young's father is the pro at Sleepy Hollow Country Club in New York. Rob Manfred is a member there. and they got a, When he uh, made it on tour, they sponsored him. got a horseman running around that place. Waiting for Red. that. Remember when Ben Curtis sponsored by the NFL and he'd wear like NFL shirts for whichever city he was playing in? Payne Stewart. That was 91 PGA, I think, here in town. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.